Alienation version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 156. The gang's all here. Say hi, guys. Hi, Dan. Hi, Nick. <laughs> hi, Dan. Something you being strangled? I'm not as good at doing like retard voices <laughs> that as sounded Nick, like apparently. <laughs> we're like 84 years old. Yeah, that's an did it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Dan. That was, it, was, it was close. Yeah. Wow. So I Nick, tried. Justin, and Jesse, what's going on, guys? Same old man. Yeah. Anything exciting? A week. So uh, you guys went. Uh, well, half of us, I guess, went to Othello number two this year. No matter how did. Yeah. That would have been uh, Nick and Jesse. Jesse. Mm-hmm. Yes. You show some prowess there, man, with your uh, video ishness. Oh, you like that? I do like that video. That's a good video. Yeah, it was a little bit just kind of impromptu, sitting around. A little windy. Um, what, Des- I think decided was... to stop watching porn and make a movie instead? Yeah, you know, I can't use all the data for that. It sucks the data up really fast. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, decided to start shooting some video. So, uh, Well, it worked out well, man. It was a good video. No, oh, thanks, man. So, did you yeah. guys did you guys have fun at uh, Othello Number Two while Justin and I were being douches and not going? Thoroughly, <laughs> speak for yourself, dude. I would have much rather have been there. I'll tell you that. I agree with you, but I wasn't being a douche. <laughs> it was a good time. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. A lot of fun. Yeah. So, who wants to go first, man? Who wants to tell us about Othello? I'll let him go first. You want me Jesse, to go first? You're up yep. first, man. So yeah, I got there. Let's see. I decided to skip out on class on Friday. I know. I I it was a I, I only had one quiz on Friday and it was online. So once I got to the field I did have to uh take a quiz, but nothing too serious. So I ended up getting to the field Friday about eight thirty in the morning, something like that. Um Nick was already there. And man, we spent I think the entire day on Friday, just going back to back to back to back, one flight after another, just whole yes. day. I probably we each got in seventeen, eighteen flights, something like that. I don't, I don't have the ex- exact number broken down by days, but it was a lot of flights, um, and especially for a fun fly like that, we pretty much had the entire flight station that was right in front of where we were camping was basically just our flight station. It was one person goes up there, next person's charging, <laughs> they're done flying. You know, just keep sw- switching back and forth. So we own that flight station. Um, on Saturday, the weather, it, w- it was really nice out and sunny. But, and I, I think this is, for me, this is one of the things that I hate the absolute most. And one of the worst flying conditions, in my opinion, is when you have that wind, probably 10, 15 mile an hour wind, but it's blowing right at your face. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So you're finding any time you put that disc, you know, up perpendicular, it's just, you're just constantly, it just feels like you're trying to push the heli away from yourself. So it's, it's really hard to progress. Um, we did still, I still got in quite a bit of flights on Saturday. Um, but you know, nothing really, you know, they're, they're just typical flights. Didn't, didn't do any new maneuvers or anything like that. I did, however, spend a lot of time over the weekend kind of reevaluating the 7HV mostly and the V-Bar tune that I had on it. Um, I probably haven't touched the tune on that helicopter in 100, 130 flights, somewhere in there. It's just been plug it in, go to the field, fly it, leave it. It's, you know, it's flying great. But I decided, you know, why don't I mess around with it a little bit? I have not been... I um, haven't changed any of the gains or the sliders in quite a while, and I ended up tuning it up and changing quite a few things, um, a little bit on the paddle simulation, so snuck up just a few more points on the paddle sim, get that center stick response up just slightly, and then I went down on the style slider. Yeah. Now, this is something that I <laughs> definitely influenced by Nick, because he's sitting over there with his Raptor going, dude, you gotta, I'm flying the style slider at 50. I made You gotta fly. go down. What was that? I made you fly it. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, you made raptor? me fly the, the Raptor oh, yeah. with the V-bar on it. Yep. And I'm going, man, this thing flips really, really nice. <laughs> just con- easy to just hold the continuous flip. I'm going, my, I don't think my hell even flips like this. And really, the, the main difference between our settings was that style slider. I'm up around 90, 95. He's down around 50. So next flight, popped it down to 55 and haven't looked back since and it, it was crazy because not only could i feel the difference but at least in in my opinion i could see the difference in the heli it was just overall generally smoother in a pyro flip and in stirring maneuvers mm-hmm. um i'm not convinced that the style slider really affects the the flight characteristics of the helicopter in too many other maneuvers um other than Anything stirring, I think it's going to help smooth it out if you lower the value on the style slider. At least, at least that's what I've found. But it really didn't change a whole lot as far as being able to smack the heli down on the deck, um, TikToks, you know, any any sort of other maneuver like that. So overall, really happy with sliding that down, and am probably going to follow the same trend on some of my other helis. So I'm sure, as some of you saw on Facebook, oh. there was some bad news. Um, yeah. There was there's an awful event. <laughs> that was a great crash. Oh, it was a good crash, wasn't it? It was yes, spectacular. It was. So okay, I got to preface this. So just I guess just to start, the seven HV did go in, and not just kind of like this heli went in. So I'm out there flying, and we all have those maneuvers, you know, where we've done them so many times that you really kind of just quit thinking about them. When you're doing them, they're just they're so automatic that your fingers just know what to do. You don't need to maintain that extremely high level of focus like you do when you're learning a new move or something like that. With this move, so I was doing tumbles down on the deck, and this is exactly what happened. I it's a maneuver I do probably every other flight, maybe every flight, and I just kind of checked out. And well, on one of those tumbles, I really checked out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't move the collective at all. <laughs> you know what it you know what okay, so you know how like you watch the YouTube videos and you've got that untalented kid 
who is gonna like standing on the edge of a picnic table and he's gonna do a backflip off of it. Oh yeah. But he yes. never even he just lands straight on top of his yeah, head. He never jumps. That, yeah, he just falls he back just and lands on his head. That's exactly what happened. Or like, yeah, and it, like the guys that drop into a pike and they just fall straight down. Yep, that, it yep. was a. And he did. He went from a tumble, but it was like a backwards roll. He just pulled straight back on the cyclic with no collective and just drove. It well, I, I just I just popped it up to do positive. So like the the helicopter is upright side in. And I go to give a little bit of positive and pull back on the elevator to do a tumble. And I just don't give any negative to kind of <laughs> pop it the other way. <laughs> and so, and and honestly, it was so subconscious. I guess the, the maneuver is, you know, it's, it's, it's so subconscious almost. I was just as surprised as Nick was when it crashed. It wasn't, it wasn't like, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I mean, it stunned me too, so... Luckily. And this was awesome because it was like, wham, click, and then yeah. you heard throttle hold. That's how bad it was. I was just, at, and luckily, throttle hold is so in, you know intuitive and reactive when I hear crashing sounds like that, <laughs> that I, I got it you know split second after the helicopter hit. So the damage initially looked pretty bad. Um, if you saw the Facebook yeah. pictures, the blades are just. <laughs> Hang in there in one piece. I but might together, add. yes. The blades are in one piece, <laughs> but hanging, no, no structural integrity left whatsoever. So after I kind of started tearing the heli down, obviously the blades are scrapped. I was really happy to find I did not hit the tail at all. Um, earlier that day, I was actually doing some pyro flip columns and pulled way too much negative and hit the tail on some long grass and ruined a set of tail blades. So I had a brand new set of tail blades on there. So I was really happy to find that in this crash, I did not hit the tail whatsoever. Tail blades unmarked. But, so the blades got thrown out, and then I noticed that the one-way bearing was locked up, probably due to the fact that I didn't quite get throttle hold in time, I would, <laughs> if, if I had to guess. <laughs> and so I started tearing that down, and once I popped the uh, main gear out and looked in there and saw the actual one-way bearing... I broke one of the needle bearings inside the one way, just straight in half. So it was completely locked up. Jeez, now, you mean the little fingers? Yeah. yeah, the little needle bearings that are inside wow. the one way. I snapped one of those in half. Um, but it didn't strip the main gear. But it did not strip the main gear. That is Interesting. correct. Yeah. But I did have a socket set, so I was able to kind of pound the one way bearing out of the hub. Then, to my surprise, when I went to go drop a new one way bearing in, basically fell straight through <laughs> so i'm guessing when that locked up it must have expanded slightly and expanded out the one-way hub and ruined it because the new one-way bearing is definitely not a nice press fit um, like it should be and you know i'm i'm really not into just loctiting a one-way bearing in there because usually when i've replaced them in the past they're just you know a really nice tight press fit um so overall the crash damage was the blades the one-way bearing hub and two ball links. That was it. No yeah. servos. No Man. tail boom. No. Oh, and and the boom support. Sorry, one more thing. And the boom supports got bent. I always like to hear when a compass crashes. I like to hear stories of great destruction. And you always disappoint me, Jesse. You know, um, I am. Justin beginning. never ceases to 
Justin definitely anyway. makes up for it because Ed, Ed kind of does did, too. He, Ed did. Ed definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <He> <laughs> <does>. <laughs> See, but the thing was, is this looked so. We picked up so many pieces of blades and links, and <laughs> it was the helicopter cool. seemed everywhere. Um, not nearly as bad. And I gotta say, I've actually never stripped out a servo gear in that helicopter. So, really, I I guess the track record is. Either I don't crash hard enough, which I don't know if I could crash much harder, honestly, maybe doing like a McDougal, not pulling out, you know, anything like that, smashing it straight into the ground. You know, it went in straight on the head and just, you know, not much damage. So really happy about that and got the parts ordered. They should be here. I'm hoping tomorrow, maybe Monday. Um, So we'll see. I'll get that rebuilt and get the helis back in the air. So at the end of the weekend, um, after two and a half days of flying, Sunday was also pretty windy, so kind of started packing up. I think it was 10 or 11 in the morning, so a little bit of an early day. If the weather would have been more cooperative, probably would have flown longer. But ended up getting in, I believe, 29 or 30 flights for the fun fly, which brings me up to a grand total of 497. So not... Not quite the 550. Ooh, just yeah. below 500. Just below 500. I know. I was actually I was going to try to sneak out today after class, but it, it didn't it didn't work out. Just to try to get me up past that 500, so I could say I broke it, but didn't happen. So hopefully the weather's looking awesome this weekend. Um, tomorrow and Sunday, both days are supposed to be in the 70 in the 70s. Really low wind. Um. No. That's the uh, the luxury of having three helis is I still got two more that are flying great. <laughs> and so <laughs> hopefully get out to the field. They carry most of your favorite major brand names. Rotary Wing RC. Batteries, blades, chargers, electronics, flybarless controllers, complete helicopter kits, parts and tools. Coming soon, Contronic ESCs. Rotary Wing RC. Great customer service, and if they don't have it, give them a call. Check back often, as their website is constantly being updated. Rotary Wing RC. Keeping you airborne. Look them up today at www.rotarywingrc.com. So how about you, Nick? What did you tell us about your uh, weekend excursion at othello i had a blast man it was i i set out there with one goal and that was to fly and fly a lot and i accomplished that goal Uh, like like yeah check friday was just i mean that was where it's at we got up early and i went over this time my family came over my wife and my son took the big trailer over so i didn't have the um my heli trailer and, we, you know, we got a fairly decent start in the morning, and Jesse and I just set out on this mission. Uh, I had <laughs> talked. I had a little bit of a personal mission. I had talked, uh, mentioned it before. One E700 was set up with the Spartan and the Contronic. The other one was set up with the V-Bar and the Castle ESC running on the V-Bar Gov. And I think I flew about 10 on the Spartan and then moved over, uh, kind of reset it all, actually, just completely from scratch. And this time I had the Datapod on there. You want to talk about one awesome little piece of hardware. That (laughs) is sweet. 
I mean, the remote adjust function is so cool. Being able to basically take any parameter in there, bring it up on the screen, and keep in mind, I just mounted, I double-sided sticky taped it right to the heli, never took it off. So you can basically set any parameter in there and have it adjustable on a dial. Um, that made tuning awesome. Way faster just to be able to go up there. Oh, next flight, I'm going to take eh, this parameter. Switch it right over to the dial. Set the high and the low points on it so you can't go up too high or you can't go up too low. And uh, it was just sweet. So, yeah, I put, I don't know, somewhere around 10 on there. Switched over to the V-bar. Um, kept tuning on that one. And we were just trying to bang them out. I mean, like Jesse said, you know, considering you're at a fun fly with other people and you know my family was there so naturally you uh you know you're chit-chatting with kind of everyone yeah riding scooters or doing something yeah i had to take scooter (laughs) breaks you know uh, my son would get bored with my wife uh so you know we'd go go out on the little razor scooters and go rip up and down the road and then i'd come back and start flying again but i just it felt so good to get out and fly I mean, just to get out and fly nonstop, banging them out. Saturday, the whole like, day. <laughs> yeah, the whole day. I mean, we pretty much flew, um, again, considering it was a fun fly as much as we could. Saturday did get pretty windy, and I just, man, the wind in the face is, is not, I can handle about twice the wind if it's not in my face, if it's coming mm-hmm. to my back. But it just gets sketchy. You know, everything even the simplest maneuvers, you feel like you're just constantly worried about it going over your head. We saw some gnarly crashes. Oh, that's right. Uh, a couple gnarly ones back behind. And I really believe that it was attributed to that. They did just get so close to you so quickly. Um, so yeah, how so- many flights did you get in on Saturday with the whole wind deal? I don't, I, I don't really... I don't know on Saturday. I mean, I'm at, I'm sitting at 495. Jesus. So about the same as him. How many mm-hmm. flights did you get in on Friday? Friday I, I think we each got like 17 right that, in there. Something like that. But I bet you only, shoot, man, maybe seven, something like that on Saturday, if yeah. that. I mean, it just, it yeah, it completely took it out of it. We started... Kind of chit-chatting, screwing off more, helping some other people. Get- Taking video. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say, with only like five or seven flights, what the hell did you do on Saturday, dude? We were just kind of, ch- I mean, it wasn't cold, but it was just in your face, annoying. So he was, Jesse, you know, with the new iPhone 6 Plus or, or big or whatever it is. Yeah, that's what uh, I shot most of that video with, like 95% big. It. Yeah. <laughs> iPhone big. We were... <laughs> We were messing around with the the slow motion, and that was, I mean, just a blast. Yeah. Uh, Screwing around with that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to do this, but we can't do it in a fun flight because we need to get the heli really close. Yeah. (laughs) And we're, you know, not something to be doing at a fun fly. But it was just fun doing funnels around, you know, getting as as comfortable as safety would allow for, you know, for that situation and then slowing it down and. Helping other people got um, got another guy's heli all set up and and flying around, which was kind of fun. Setting it up for AP, so he had, you know, it was a logo 600 SE 
flying, and then we just strapped a whole nother yeah. stick pack to the bottom of it. Camera simulator. Three and a half pounds were the weight to the bottom, and I was flying that around. Hmm. Uh, and Sunday, again, was pretty pretty windy. Oh, I plunked my poor kid's quad on the roof Saturday night. Oh, <laughs> oh the, the little building. Estes one? Yeah. Oops. So it was way in the middle. Way in the middle. It no was ladder, really windy. Huh? No. Did you ever even attempt? Uh, Yeah, but I was thinking, you know, if I could get over there next to it, I could just pull the trailer up and then climb up on top. But, the, you know, they didn't have the, the shop door open, and I didn't know who was there. And at that point, we were, you know. Should have gone we up there of, with one of the E700s and tried to, like, push it off. <laughs> McDougal. Well, yeah. <laughs> or, Jesse, that, what about your hex? That was a discussion, <laughs> but <laughs> believe me. That, that did was come actually up. discussed. That did come up, yes. But then we were just thinking, like, you know, I'm already buying a quad. Do I really want to buy a metal roof? <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. I, I mean, just, at the end of the day, that thing's only like what forty bucks. Yeah, yeah, thirty bucks. So, so no big deal. And it was about upgrade time anyway. He's getting a lot better on it. So I think we were doing a little bit of looking, and you know, I think it's Nano QX time. Ooh. Yes, I, I think so. That awesome. thing is pretty cool because he can fly that on his DX6i. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, so that's the plan. But man, I had a blast. Okay, there. I, I have to. I have to touch this. <laughs> there were a lot of you might have seen that when I got back, there were some conclusions reached, and that was my whole goal, right? Of trying one of everything. There oh, were conclusions. Yeah. Yes. Um, I did, uh, decide on the V bar. It flew on those two helicopters. It was the closest right off the bat to flying great. And it was the quickest and easiest to tune for those two helis. Now, like we've mentioned, I have had other helicopters that have been a nightmare to tune on V bar. But there's no question that these, uh, that E700 with the Castle ESC on the V-Bar Gov, I mean, Jesse flew it. It was awesome. All right, let me put this into a little bit uh, more perspective. So I, I crashed my Compass on Saturday. And Sunday, Nick didn't even fly the Spartan, the, the Raptor with the Spartan on it. In fact, he gave it to me to fly for the whole day. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Which huh. I thought that was a good friend thing to do. Here, it, was, it was a good friend thing to do. Getting rid of his shitty heli on you. Yeah. <laughs> no, now don't. <laughs> you can't say shitty, but I, I really wanted, um, I kind of went over the parameters, you know, ballpark the parameters with him, and I, I was hoping that we would get a little bit more flights in on Sunday, and I wanted to give him a chance to tune mm -hmm. it from scratch, you know, Here's what I feel it needs, and here's what I feel mm -hmm. you know this needs to change. So he would come back Wait. and say, "I think we need to do this," and I would just help him change it. But he was really yeah. tuning it, mm -hmm. which I can say that for that helicopter, moving everything back to scratch was not a friendly thing to do because it, it right off the stocks off the stock settings, it did not fly very well at all. Now I did put I think four flights on it on Sunday. 
and it was definitely getting closer. But like you said, I I would have liked another three or four, um, because going in there and changing those parameters, it, it's it, yeah. We were only I was only using the the little um, is it the data pod? Yeah. And so it's really hard to get a feel for the overall everything that's available to you to change um, just by flipping through those little menus. And so I think with you know three or four more flights, it definitely would have been flying better. Um, now whether it would have you know reached how you're saying the V bar flies on those helis, ah, not sure. Kind of, I want to say doubt it, but I, I don't know because I didn't get the flights in. So well, I don't. I mean, I put you know some. I put some flights on it originally, fighting with the Scorpion Gov, um, which was half the Gov, and as it come, turns out, half the Spartan. Uh, and then, you know, I put another, I mean, solid, just right off the bat in the morning, hardcore tuning flights. I think I put about 10 on it. Yeah, without even touching another heli, just yeah, back not to touching, back. Just yeah. focused on that. Didn't have to mess with the Gov because it had the Contronic on it. And got it to where it was like, okay, yeah, this really, you know, this is fine, pretty decent. And then switched over to the other one. And the Cyclic, I think the Cyclic is is really good. Uh, it You know, it needed a little bit more tuning on the stops, but I think there are by far enough adjustments in the Spartan to get the Cyclic to where it would be happy. Mm-hmm. It was a little dead, mm-hmm. kind of like V-Bar. Right out of the box, very dead around center. So bumped that up a little bit, gave it a little bit more fluid feeling to it, a little more cyclic response. But I think it's all, I think it is there. It's not as close stock as the V-Bar is, but uh, I believe that it could get, you know, 80, 90% of the way there. The tail was where I really struggled. It just, and you know, and I got to say, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed in that because yep. that's that dude that's that's the spartan that's right? what they do no for <laughs> yeah. that's right i mean that's what i was expecting not to worry about but it's and been a long time since spartan's been known for the tail dude i know and you know was, other people might have caught up oh well it was the farthest off right off the bat mm-hmm um, Puro consistency, I could really only get it up to about 80%. Uh, you know, under hard loading and then unloading, you could really see it. I that did, just, that blows I, my mind. I and feel that like know, they're and, still missing something then. And with the, with the update um, to the data pod, you can go in and there is like a, a Puro, cons- basically like an eye right. gain. Well, yep. there's an actual eye gain for the tail and... Like a pyro consistency game, which mm-hmm. was very confusing because aren't they the same thing? I guess apparently not. I don't know, but I just couldn't get it dialed in. And something that Jesse picked up on, and I had picked up on originally, but then forgot. Really, anything over about five hundred degrees per second didn't feel much different. Didn't like I didn't get faster. It, it didn't get faster. Just stopped. Oh, really? Which is a tad slower than what I normally fly. I usually fly about five ten to five twenty, and we kept going up, and it was like, hmm, this isn't really. Yeah, this is definitely because we went up to like five forty, I think. Yep, which should it, be way, fa- way and that's fast. faster than what I fly my helis, and it was, 
It wasn't yeah. faster. <laughs> There's got to be something wrong there. Well, I, I, I think that it is. They're just still making progress on it because those ex- all of those symptoms, uh, I have read from others. All of them. Right. I have heard other people, you know, mention the pure consistency, mm-hmm. and people that are being neutral about it. You know, not the. Uh, the Spartan fanboys on the forums, but the people really asking for help. Hey, I, you know, I noticed these issues. How do I tune it out? Uh, so in the end, you know, it wasn't bad at all. I do not think that it's a bad fiberless system. I think that they probably have the most momentum out of any company right now. He's cranking out updates. I mean, something fierce and getting better and better all the time. Um, Angelos has definitely been one of the faster ones to put updates out and is probably one of the most open-minded that I've, that I've come across. So I think that potential is way high just because it might be a tad lacking at the moment. I foresee them really being way up there with the momentum that they've got. Uh, but in this case, you know, the uh, just flat out, Stick time and experience. B-Bar is definitely winning. That governor. That's what I was just going to say. Winning or has won? uh, For me, has won. I got rid of my Spartan and I uh, picked up another V-Bar. And the two E700s on those two helis are staying with V-Bar. Jesse, I want to know. Yeah, that's what I was just. I I reached my own conclusion as well from flying a. Nick's helicopter, the the Raptor with the V-Bar, and then the Castle Speed Controller on there. And I can tell you right now that on my next helicopter, I will be putting a Castle Speed Controller and a V-Bar. Because the Gov performance out of that setup was indistinguishable, in, in my opinion, in normal flying, circ- uh, normal flying conditions from the Contronic Governor. Indistinguishable? So, so not, you can't, you can't tell the difference at all. I could tell no, because no last difference week, from Nick the, said that he thought the V bar gov held better and delivered the power more harshly. Well, but see, we tuned and that's the yeah, difference. We, ex- yeah, exactly. We tuned. I, I, think, I was at And 30. if I remember correctly, you went down on the gain, didn't you? Yeah, I was at 30. So the they tell you to go default, you know, it says in the little pop-up thing to go 25. 25 was too soft, went up to 30. 30 was very, very firm on the Gov game, but was a little bit aggressive. And then Jesse and I got it dialed back in to where it was like, yeah, okay, no, I can go up one more. And I settled at 28. So those mm-hmm. Gov adjustments yep. are pretty, they make, They're, they, I mean, one point makes a yep. difference. Because you, you had that on bank switching where it was 25, yes. 27, 29. Yes. Correct. And you could cl- you could hear the difference between those gains, just two yeah. points a piece. So. Now, I can still pick it out by sound because the V-Bar is just a lot less prone to overspeeding than the Contronic is. I mean, it's really going for that. Like, like I said, I think it actually holds head speed better. But I think what Jesse was getting at, what I noticed, and now, again, he's still going to revisit. He swapped a new tail servo in his heli, and yep. he's going to go back and tune more. But maybe it's just me. 
I actually noticed that uh, for my settings with, you know, say, uh, what, three flights on it before we got there and then, you know, the remainder of whatever flights, my tail was actually holding more solid in pitch pumps and that sort of thing than his was. With the Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I, I just had that. Though, that weekend was the first flights, though, on that tail servo, yep. like you mentioned. So, yep. That kind of it was it, Justin. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and that was just the the perspective. You know, you always fly a little bit differently, I guess, when you're flying someone else's heli. Oh so, yeah, no. You know, I'm, and, it's and not it's, like I'm testing the huge overspeeds and the so. For what flying I, it on someone else's heli, if I was to do those maneuvers on my heli, I honestly believe I would not be able to tell the difference. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the goal. I mean, if there is a if there is a difference between the two, uh, in my mind, it is very blatantly not worth the price difference. How about that? Yes. If there's any performance difference, which I'm still not going to say that yes or no, there isn't. Which, for the record, I will know soon. Because I put the Maxwell motors back in both of mine, both have E-bars on it, and I'll have the Contronic on one and the Castle on the other. So I'll be able to know. But from what we saw flying that weekend, if there is any difference, I don't, it, it is very, within five, three to five percent, which was actually really, really shocking. Like, really huh. shocking. Yep. So, I don't know. And those helis sure do rip around. Uh, oh, yeah, Jesse did crash one, but it's my fault. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, crashed, I crashed one of Nick's helis, too. Yeah, he did. But it, it was my fault. Wise man say, if you're going to drop different motors in there for testing and you need to drop a pinion size, Make sure and drop the pinion size on both and not just one and think you're well, on both. And the, the funny part was, so it, this was on Sunday. It was really windy out. And I'm flying the Raptor at, nine, I believe, 1950 or 1970 yeah. RPM on the head. Um, and you can tell that I'm struggling to you know keep maneuvers in the same place, push it away, and just overall get the helicopter moving in the wind. And you're like, you know, there is an idle up two on that thing. Um, it should give you about an extra 70 RPMs. I'm like, all right, sweet. So I flip up into idle up two, probably kicks it up to 20, 30, or somewhere around in there. And the heli starts pulling a lot better. <laughs> Must be pulling a little more current. And about 30 seconds after that swap up to idle up two, the helicopter shuts down in flight. <laughs> into <And> so, <laughs> the wind. In the wind, we see the blades. Pull, you know, pull a little bit of negative pitch, landed in some long grass. I think it was just this, just one skid or two skids. Two skids and two links. I'll take yep. it. I will take it all day long. Huh. But we did conclude, uh, this is another kind of a cool conclusion, that with those helis, with that weight, which they're, you know, pretty <laughs> light, they're coming in around 11.2, 11.3 pounds. Uh, the bigger, you know, like the Maxwell motor, that power range is by no means needed because I flew them both, oh, that's both right. of them all weekend on 40, 35, 560s. That's so right. Rewind about three years, four years ago, back to what everyone had in their 700s. And 
you know, at 1950, I think I had about 13 and a half, 13.6 degrees of pitch. They flew wonderful. Plenty of pop and power. And even Jesse was like, wow, I'm actually really shocked at this. Yep. So that was a cool, I'm glad I did that experiment. Because that's a big difference in cost. And a lot of people, you know, when they're getting the one of the attractive points of the 700 is the crash cost to it and that it's like weight and all that. Well, you, you can run a, you know, hacker. Like, what is that? Justin, what's that hacker motor? The, the Tornado? The four, yeah, it's a 470 KV, yeah. I think. The A50 or whatever A50, it's called. That's it. So, like, that motor... Uh, 4035, uh, any of the ones from 500 kV up to 560, those will work just fine. Uh, you know, like an older uh, Pyro 700, 520. 700, yep. Yep, That'll that work. would be, all of those motors have enough power to run these helis just fine. The only time you really gave it, everything it had was in a full speed hurricane yeah yeah i sent justin oh yeah i said justin i was like dude i found the top to this motor i just did two complete revolutions of a hurricane maxed out like 100 percent. it was like a little over 100 amps and like 44 to 4500 watts constant around two full circles yeah and i was like i was peeing a little bit that's about was, all that motor can handle and probably not for a long time. No. Not much longer. No. But that's okay, because it matched up equally with about what I could handle, and for about the same <laughs> amount of time. Without pooping yourself. <laughs> yeah, because I was, I mean, they were fun. They were ripping, and I was keeping them low, um, trying to keep them down low and level. It was a good time. But. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Dan, you, you there, sh- dude? I'm just waiting for Nick to get done. <laughs> well, it was a we we've set out for a lot of gold. Man, you'd think I just finished like a product review or something. You would think, right? Well, uh, this turned up a bit. I mean, geez, I put that Spartan up for sale, and it was like just this. I thought it was funny. Shitstorm. Huge bunch of people. Oh my god! Well, did you? So that's it. It's junk. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I said that the goal was to get these two helis flying identical, find out what was I was going to work with, and go back to flying. So it's V-Bar and, for the next two weeks? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe three. Jeez. Maybe three. <laughs> hey, you know what, dude? This shows my dedication to simming and getting back. Nick wants to get back to flying and progressing. I'm going on Sunday morning to pick up it's an old, but new to me. Uh, I'm going to go pick up a 60-inch TV to go down in the basement for Simi. Huh. All right. So basement's getting cleaned up, and uh, we're going to kind of turn it into a little you know, workout room, put the treadmill down there, put the big TV, and so we're, we'll be standing in front of the TV. I'm going back to Simi, man. Hmm. Going to take a little break from... Tweaking and tuning. Just fly them, Raptors. Don't believe that for a New York minute. Well, how long exactly is a New York minute? That's not very long, I take it's it. It's not very long. Not long at all. Two weeks, tops. Okay. <laughs> Justin, did you buy any right. helicopters this week? 
Yeah, yeah, I did actually. How many? Just, how many? How many of your uh, recent acquires do you, have you got rid of in the last week? Uh, one. Only one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, we we didn't. You know, we recorded early in yeah. the previous week because they went to Othello. Right. And so, what was it? Thursday. So I, I had been tracking this thread for a while, but uh, one of the fifty owners in the world of uh the diablo speed you know there are only 50 of them made uh, owner to uh, owner of number 40 put his up for sale and i jumped on that like flies on shit dude <laughs> i was the first one to message him i think it had only been up for like an hour or so like with six views and so you know we negotiated back and forth a little bit and I am now the owner of Diablo Speed number 40. Is it? Do you have it in your possession yet? I don't. It is still in shipping. Uh-huh. It's it's on its way. It should be here. With any luck, it will be here this coming Tuesday, I think. Probably a day after this show goes live. Now, did you get your other one sold? I did, yeah. Wow. So, you know, so here here's the deal, right? The Diablo 700 was my mini copter entry to the speed world because I knew I couldn't get a hold of a Diablo speed. Mm-hmm. And so when the speed popped up and I took advantage of it, it invalidated uh, the need to keep the Diablo 700. Wasn't going to 3D it. That's what my goblins for. And so, yeah, I put that up for sale. And uh, one of my friends and, and listeners, uh, Matt, picked that up. So that didn't last very long. I, I, dude, I'm super excited. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm still like it. I'm still in the sort of dream phase about the whole thing. I haven't seen it yet. When I get my hands on it, then, then shit's going to become real. It's coming in a gigantic wooden crate. That's oh, wow. how, uh, God, it's like buying hmm. fine cigars. Or yeah. It is dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a shock indicator and a humidity sensor in there and, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> but yeah, so Diablo speed number 40, only 50 of them made. This is, you know, there's, there's no other number 40. This is the one. And, you know, each of the owners, the original purchasers got to choose their special color scheme this one happens to come in blue and orange with like a silver trim and so that's what the the original airframe looks like but now that i am a registered owner of one of the diablo speeds i have access to diablo speed parts from germany and through peak aircraft chuck chuck burt at peak aircraft and so i can get a hold of a spare fuselage in just all white so that I can have like a custom paint job done on it, which I think I'll probably end up doing. Right. Nice. Yeah. So what that basically means now uh, is the Diablo speed will be the fuselaged competition heli. So the unlimited, I think the TDR is going to be the 14 S open class pod and boom. And then for competition, here's the key. For competition, the Goblin Speed is going to go 12S stock class for a couple of reasons. One, because if you haven't already been able to tell, I'm super big into the speed thing. 
and I want to try to get other people into the speed thing. And I think it makes a lot of sense to use a gateway heli in the stock class to do that rather than putting the lightweight TDR on 12S in stock class. So the Goblin Speed's a gateway speed heli. It's going to go in stock. And when it's not, when it's actually not flying as a competition heli, which is like 99% of the year, I'm still going to play around with my custom fuselage for it. And that'll just, that'll be something for fun. Because I'm still having a load of fun with the whole custom fiberglass stuff. Hmm. Wow. Now, you're, you're where so I'm lame. at. Yeah, what's he's that, taking dude? this hobby to a whole nother level. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you have any 3D helis left? I do. Yeah, I've got the Goblin 770. Okay, right, right, yeah. Yep, the $575 yep. crash one. Right. That's, yeah, that's the yeah. one, right. That's the yeah. one he kept. Now, and, 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 and for the record... Nick knows, because he and I have been talking about that. That does make me nervous, just to be clear. But I love the 770 so much, I think I'm probably just going to have to deal with the fact that it costs a bit to crash. Yeah. Because I don't want to, with all the speed changes and and trying to get the fleet set up and ready to go, I don't want to have another variable, which is... Okay, I'm getting rid of the 770 so that I can get a more affordable to crash heli and then have to dick around with, well, I don't really like this heli or I don't like the airframe. I mean, I had considered going with the Raptor E700 because Nick loves it and he says that they're cheap as hell, which is true. I mean, what is it like 50 bucks for a crash kit? Yep. Which is just amazing. 50 bucks will buy me half of a boom. On the 770, <laughs> half of a boom. Not even the good half either. No, I don't even think 50 bucks would get me a boom for the, the Goblin 500. But no, I've never crashed mine. I don't know what they run, what they go yeah, for. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I'm going to get, I mean, the 770 booms are like 90 or 100 bucks. So I'm going to guess it's something Jeez. like that. Yeah. And and then the other one I was looking at was, well, what about the Agile 7.2? I've heard from people that in stock form, it can run up to 750s, but it it's not foolproof. I've also heard that as long as you uh, go easy on it, it can run up to 750s. So that didn't pass my sniff test either. So right now, 770 is my lone 3D heli. The Goblin 380, when it comes out, maybe something else I will pick up to play around with because I think that would be a lot of fun. But for the time being, I've got some speed setup to do. So I got to get I got to get a motor for the Diablo speed. And right now I'm thinking maybe a Contronic Pyro 850, but I'm not sure yet. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And then I think the the Scorpion 540 is going to go back in the Goblin speed because that's pretty tried and true. I mean, that's the one that I did the 12S review on. Yeah. It's an amazing motor. And then maybe I'll pick up one of the X Novas to put in the TDR to give that guy a try. Wow. And then the next step, Dan, because the spending's not over, <laughs> is I need a telemetry capable radio. Uh-huh. This one, this uh-huh. one I'm taking my time on, but I will give the, here's the asterisks, the air asterisks. You can't see my fingers doing it, but if an opportunity arises such as 
the Diablo speed did, then I might pull the trigger on it. Otherwise, I'm fairly certain that when I do get to the point where I'm ready to buy a telemetry ready radio, it's going to be one of the jetties. I just don't know which one yet. So I've been talking back and forth with a couple of listeners that own jetties. One listener actually has the, the tray version of it, which I'm interested in, even though I'm a thumb flyer and I'm not sure how that's going to work. And it's not, it's not like jetty is one of those things where you just go down to the local club or hobby shop and there's one for you to hold. Right. Yeah. 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 I never got to hold one at Urcha. I don't think. I didn't either, and I could have. Yeah. I think I just, I forgot, and I don't like that. (laughs) You don't like that you forgot, or what? Well, yeah, no, I don't like that I forgot, because it's just not something that I would, you know, I it's our only opportunity to get to hold a lot of these things. Uh, Justin will have one soon. You'll be able to hold his. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are you looking at, like... You know, maybe like the DS-14? The, you know, the DS-14 is really attractive because it's customizable. For those mm-hmm. who don't know, the you know, the difference between DS and DC, the DS is, is sort of, I guess I'll call it for lack of a better description, the typical transmitter where it's sort of somewhat squarish and you grab a hold of it and wrap your hands around the back, right? And you can thumb or pinch. The DC is a tray style, which is kind of more along the lines of the wider uh, European styles. Like uh, they look massive. You usually wear like a shoulder strap to hold them. And I think typically people pinch with those, although there are exceptions. The DS-14 is basically a DS-16, which is the motherload one but minus a bunch (laughs) of features. And the cool thing is the features are all software enabled. So you can, you can buy a DS 14, which I think is like 700 bucks or 800 bucks. And then you can go and log on to the jetty software website and you can pay five to 15 bucks a piece for these upgrades like you can get more channels or you can get uh you know i I mean you'd have to go down the list but the idea is it's a bare bones radio and and let's be clear bare bones is fairly relative when we're talking about a jetty because the ds14 huge i mean 900 for the ds14 versus 1600 for the ds16 yes now the ds14 is plastic correct the D- there are a couple of big differences yeah the ds14 has more plastic it's not all plastic but more plastic in its case the gimbals like the actual round portion of the gimbal that encloses the stick is plastic instead of milled aluminum but it has all the same features on the 14 you can basically do there are about 15 or 20 different upgrades that you can do you can do upgradable such that it allows you to use accelerometers so the 16 has accelerometers in it kind of like a an iphone or if you know what the the contronic prog disc where you can tilt the radio in certain directions 
uh, to start a timer or to stop a timer. Or, you know, it's basically used <laughs> so as a switch. So will it hit throttle hold if I throw it? Uh, hey, that might work. Or maybe some kind of that a might work. A sensor. A sensor. Yeah. Oh shit! It just, yeah, it just yeah. detects your voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can wow. so you can add. It starts with three flight modes. Jeez, you can add up to three more. Oh yeah, you can add more mixes if you're like an uh, a planker. You can add uh, real time graphs on the display. You can add the audio player. You can add a servo balancer. I mean, they're all and and when you look at it as a heli guy, most of the stuff you don't really need. So if if when I went through it, I looked at it and my price came up to maybe like nine fifty to a thousand. So I'm still saving a bunch of money. Yeah, but, but dude, I I had no idea. Like I had absolutely no idea that you could do this. And that is awesome. Like, I think that's cool. Because I've been, you know, we were joking about it. And the, and the V control is, is definitely starting to look a lot more appealing. Mm-hmm. But this is right, you know, the DS14 is in, you know, ballpark in the same price range. It is. It is. And, and again, Nick, you can go and buy it right now without doing any upgrades and then when you're at the field and you're like damn it i really wish i had this feature go home that night and go and update it simple that, as that that is yeah, really that's really awesome cool. i mean that that is just super cool it's like okay um i'm you know i think i do want to be able to listen to music it's yeah. 12 euros so go yep. home pay 12 euros do that and bam, 15 now bucks added that feature you want to hear something else that i think is really cool the gimbals can be rotated so like the 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 angle of the axes so on a regular radio you know yeah. it goes up and down and left and right and that's those axes are perpendicular and parallel to the sides of the radio case yep. on this one you can rotate those to get to become more ergonomic for your fingers that's to oh, me yeah. that's the biggest selling point of that radio yeah, really? all that other shit you, is just. Hmm. I mean, it's would just you use that? I would. Dan? Yeah, yeah, you betcha. I, in fact, I really like my. In fact, I bought another 14SG today. But whoa, whoa, <laughs> what? Jeez, uh, but holy cow! Um, I would really consider going to. I think a tray radio would really work well for me, and something like that, and being able to ergonomically adjust those sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. The rest of that shit now. Nah, tray nah. radio. I'm I'm pretty or sure putting your radio on a tray. I would rather if I'm gonna go tray. I would rather have a tray radio. Okay, so not have to actually have a tray mm. with it. Just right. hang the radio. Yeah, because I've but then you don't get the palm rest. Then you don't. Well, if you look at the DC sixteen, yeah. Nick, it's got yeah. some serious palm restage area. Yeah. Which Where? is kind of what I like about that. But I'm not going to change to pinch. I will always be a thumber. Have you tried pinching? Just just off top? I have, Dan. But what I don't like about it is at least for my hands, I feel like when I pinch, it, it severely restricts the range of motion of, of my 
fingers to move the sticks. Oh. And then I end up finding I actually have to move my hands and wrist oh, okay. to get like the full stir or get across God. all the throws. That tray radio is so big. It looks like a freaking hanging computer keyboard. It is yeah. big, dude. It's huge. Yeah. But you got to wear it with strap with a shoulder strap. So all of that weight is supported on the strap. You don't actually have to hold the radio like you would a, a standard, you know, 8FG style radio. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I would definitely lean toward the DS-14. And then if I yeah. wanted to fly it, I would put it like on a tray like Dave or Dan, that that setup that I sent to you. You know, I've tried the I've tried your tray and Justin, I did get your message, by the way, and I do have that. Is that okay? Cool. Yeah. That's uh, what I was asking about. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I actually have another tray uh, radio uh, belongs to Steve. I got to get it sent back to him, Steve Graham. But I, um, for you guys that don't have that massive curvature of your spine, those this these things work great. But I those things will not. I can't get trays. To feel comfortable in any configuration. Oh, hanging from I got you. Oh, because you have to mm-hmm. hang it from your shoulders. Yeah, and it's just so I would rather just have a radio if I'm going to go that way. Which, for, to be honest with you, if I if I had a way to make those work, I find that tray to be way more comfortable. But it, it's just not comfortable on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be, <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if I just kind of made a little like. Uh, computer swinging arm thing on my on my scooter. It just swung a well, tray right. Oh, up that would be sweet, dude. I, just pops if out. If you and think holds about the- it, why why not? I mean, yeah, I could use the arm. Could, I got the the armrest. I could just bolt it right to the armrest. Yeah, I've actually thought about that, but I, we we digress. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea of a tray radio. I've just not been able to get a tray to, to be comfortable especially when i have flare-ups in my wrist like you know i haven't had any for quite some time but when mm-hmm. i do it's very uh, beneficial to be able to rest my arms on a tray or my palms on a tray so to speak but, i would love to get the, the ds14 is still appealing and i wish that i could get my hands on one for just you know just to be able to try it for like a week or something you should be able to do that you should be able to like Try well, it. I'll tell you what, dude, they're, they retain resale value like crazy. So that's why I wouldn't feel too bad about picking one of the designs up, whichever one I decide. And if I really don't like it, then I'll get rid of it. But but for me, the reason I've basically decided on Jetty is that for telemetry, there is nothing anywhere close. Not even the Gropner comes close. Yeah. And see, yeah. I wouldn't need uh, what I would need for telemetry. Really, the only two things that I'm particularly interested in would be, a, you know, a milliamp counter so that I could use it more like a fuel gauge and receiver pack voltage. And with the V-Control uh, telemetry, they have those now. Yeah, you so can get both of those. You can get both of those, no problem. Options. But I love the screen on the top. I mean... Hello. The, Thank the, you. The the thing about that uh, Jetty radio, there's just too much shit in there that I would never, never need. But, you know, Justin, you're looking for different things. You're looking for... Yeah, but you say yeah. that now, Dan. But, I mean, what about well, there's so later much shit. on there's with so the much... multi-homo stuff? Yeah, dude, that's what I was thinking about for you is the multi... No, I'm being serious. Dude, like, I... with the multi-rotors? Dude, I don't even use a radio with a multi-rotor. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, 
What do you Shot use? Shot that theory in the butt. <laughs> computer. I use, I, use a, I use a tablet. And enter key. <laughs> like flying around with his iPad. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I look, I have a lot of functions and functionality on the 14SG that I don't even use. Uh, you know, I, I, I just love the way that radio feels. I'm very comfortable with programming in the Futaba menus. And we all know how I deal with change. So, I don't know. We'll see. Futaba for life. That's all I heard. Well, you know, I, you know, I thought it was Spectrum for life at one time, too, but I made that change. Yeah. But, uh, is that about it, Justin? Does that wrap your... Uh... Yeah, I think I'm good to go. I've finally gotten around to bringing my charging setup into the world of current technology, and wow, what can I say? From the powerful and feature-rich Dual Power Lab 8 charger to Progressive's unique and infinitely adaptable modular parallel balance board systems, I now feel like I can charge my entire fleet of packs from just two ports and a few charge leads. So why mess around with that old and busted charger or its accessories? Follow my lead, head over to ProgressiveRC.com and have a look at the multitude of chargers, power supplies, accessories, turnkey charging systems, and even batteries. If you're not sure what to buy or have a question about how to design your custom system, then go ahead and give the PRC team a call at 443-BATTERY and they'll get you squared away in no time. Thank you, Justin. Call the PRC team at 443-228-8379. ProgressiveRC.com bringing charging power to a heli near you. Sweet. Well, it's been a busy week and a half or two for me. Um, been, I've been at work all day, every day, but I've been getting flying in. Now, I've, I've been getting home late, but there's a trade-off of me staying late is I get to take some time in the afternoons to fly. So I've been getting... I got like three or four days of flying in this week. Yeah, I put one in this week too. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've been working a lot on on inverted stuff. I, I talked a little bit about that. I was kind of doing the, a uh, couple weeks ago, I was talking about how I um, almost put the goblin in because I was doing like a, you know, a inverted like auto approach. Mm-hmm. And so I've been kind of working on that kind of stuff and, uh, you know, getting the heli down close uh, to the ground, uh, you know, just trying to get some inverted flight. And I just, um, I don't know, I just ran out of uh, <laughs> ran out of altitude. Ran out of talent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Broke blades, boom, got broke off. Which one was it? The Rush. Ooh. Oh, no, man. Luckily, though, I have almost every part that I need. Uh, on hand, I just haven't had a chance to fix it yet. That was two days ago, so I do need to order some bearings. That's about it. But uh, broke blades, bent a main shaft, broke the you know typical stuff. Uh, didn't mm-hmm. uh, didn't strip any main gears, Nick. You'll be happy. To nice, know. nice. Uh, uh, broke the boom, uh, tail blades, and main blades. And basically, I was just I was uh, just screwing around, inverted and. Uh, where I fly, you guys saw where I fly. There's actually a fence. It's not. It's kind of a big area, but you know, mm-hmm. seventy five yards out. And I was coming in, and I, 
I was just, I was just, I got too close to that fence. And you know, when you kind of, you're focusing on the fly and then all of a sudden you realize, holy shit, I think I'm really right next to the fence and I mm-hmm. just kind of got discombobulated. And you have had a thing. Were you close fences. to the fence? Uh, I was about 20 feet away. So no, I wasn't super close. Okay. Oh, you didn't hit yeah. it though? No, I didn't hit it. Oh, okay. No, see what? Haven't you hit a fence before? Uh, yeah, I autoed into No, that a was fence. Ed, wasn't it? No, no, no. I autoed into a fence. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ed Ed yeah. clipped the barbed wire fence. Yeah, he not only didn't clip the barbed wire, he wrapped the head around the barbed wire. <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh so yeah, it was uh it was, you know, it's kind of a kind of a crazy week. I, you know, I've been doing something I, I don't know if you guys have ever done this cuz typically being that I edit the show, I once a show's posted, I generally never ever listen to it again um, because I've listened to it three or four times in a span of two days. And it, it it's kind of coincidental and funny. Uh, uh, Antonio posted something about episode 90. Um, and in the past two weeks, I've just been going back and randomly picking a show in, at work and just listening to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And Antonio posted something about episode 90 and he just said, "What a this that's a, a different intro." And so I couldn't remember what that episode was. Uh, so I looked it up and downloaded it. And today I was listening to it. And um, Nick, it's that episode uh, where you interviewed me. Oh, weird! That's right. And yeah. uh, I forgot all about that. You know, you, you sometimes you get um, I don't know what's the word. It's it's uh, stagnant's not the word, but kind of content, right? Mm-hmm. With what you're doing and 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 you sometimes forget the not necessarily the reasons, but the passion that at one time you've had for something. And I was listening to that episode and I just I was like, wow man, that that I want to get back to that because that was a time when we were you know, well me personally, I, I was flying all the time, having a great time and I was like, oh man, that that was a I was so thanks Antonio for posting that because that allowed me to uh, kind of listen to that episode and, and uh, it just kind of made me realize that um, this is you know we got a good thing going on here and it's it's sometimes it's easy especially I've been so busy at work and you guys I don't need, you know I'm not going to go in detail there but you guys know about it and I've just been so wrapped up in that stuff that you kind of sometimes realize that you're forgetting about the the basics of why you're in the hobby. Yeah. Well, I can imagine in your position, you know, now having taken a hobby and then, you know, kind of a spinoff for work, that would make it even harder. Well, uh, cause you know, I think it is, but at the same time, it's, it's so different. Uh, so different. I mean, well, it's the only similarities is that it's essentially a radio controlled vehicle, but, Mainly what was kind of dragging me down over the last month was just that it feels like I've just been putting so much time into that aspect and um, kind of losing the, I don't know, the desire to just really just go enjoy my helicopters. And so, well, and listening to the shows, listening to, I listened to about, I don't know, 10 shows. I started, like I picked one in the 20s. And then uh, some of the ones, Nick, when you first came on and then just randomly picked uh, a bunch of shows, downloaded them onto my phone and just listened to them at work. And uh, 
it's kind of fun to go back and hear the progression of, of the show itself from the production standpoint and how we've all evolved uh, into the roles that we play here. And uh, it, it was just a really nice, it's been a nice couple of weeks to just kind of reflect on all that stuff. And uh, yeah. it, it's exciting. That's it, awesome, dude. You know, and it's, um, I, because, boy, I've got to tell you, it's, it's, it's getting tougher at work to find time to fly, mainly because of the stress that we've been under with, you know, getting some stuff ready to go. But getting out there and just starting to progress again, which I am doing, because I'm working on stuff. Because, you know, for a long time, I was progressing. And we talked about that is when I had that seven, those two 700s, man, I was always trying something new. Then I kind of got into this lull where a lot of people in the hobby get where you you go flying because you feel like you have to, right? Oh, dude. You know that feeling? And it's like, oh, man. Yep. And so you go out. And so when you go out and you fly because you feel like you have to fly, like you're obligated to because you've, you've invested in all this equipment and you're like, well, I have it. I, I should use it. You don't really, I don't think you really progress. Because all you're doing is you're just going through the motions. You're charging the battery, you're throwing it in, you're doing what you're comfortable with. You're not really, you don't really feel like pushing it because if you crash it, that means you're going to have to actually put more effort into it, right? Yeah. And it's kind of that stagnation that I think we all go through. Man, I, dude, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, we've joked, and I, even I pitch myself so much crap, but that's... That's what I'm trying to get back to. I have been in such a long, just had my blinders on with tuning and tuning and tuning and tuning. Man, I miss flying. I miss the rush of trying something new and almost crashing. I miss that. But I go out there and it's like, I couldn't do that if I wanted to because I haven't practiced anything on the simulator (laughs) in forever. I wouldn't even know what to try new so you know, i i think it's awesome that you bring that up well you know uh, I, i'm feeling the same part of what has uh kind of got me thinking about all this stuff and in, in particular was i you know when you guys were at othello i just i was almost i was just oh man i was borderline angry because i'm like i cannot believe that i am stuck here uh in a shop trying to get a milling machine to work properly and everybody's at a fun fly. And then this weekend, Brett's event, now I kind of feel like I'm missing something. You know, I miss, I'm not there and that sucks. And yeah. I felt that way last weekend yep. too. You know, it's so, it's that stuff that kind of like, you, you're like, yeah, I'm missing out because I'm, I'm kind of just going through the motions of flying when I think I can get a flight in and not pushing, not trying to, um, do something, do, you know, learn something to where you go, oh my God, to recapture that, 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 those emotions of when you first started, you know, that first hover. Could you guys imagine if you could recapture that feeling every yeah. weekend? Well, that's, that's what I want to do. Cause I'm, I sure that I'm almost positive that when I start pushing hard, uh, you know, some, Right rudder pyro flips and pyro TikToks. We're going to get some major pucker factors coming back. And just to kind of build off what you were saying, and and honestly, not to make it any worse, but I think a fun fly is actually something that can really help kickstart that or just kind of propel that. Because I know after last weekend, I hadn't gotten in, you know, just 
you know, earlier in the summer and last year, it was every week coming on here going, oh, 20 flights, 25 flights, 30 flights, yeah. you know, just week after week after week and going out there last weekend and just getting in that 30 flights in one weekend. It really does kind of, you know, light that fire again, get you kind of kickstarted, excited about the hobby. So fun. That's flies, how you know, I be feel a great buying about shit. the whole speed thing. <laughs> Well, no, absolutely. <laughs> well, exactly, dude. It's a brand new thing. Well, you know, essentially for you, and it's it is you're excited about it. So. Yep. Yeah. And you know, I'm kind of taking some stuff that, uh, that uh, Nick's been kind of teasing me about, uh, and and really putting some thought into it. You know, it's that whole. Uh, you know, this crash this the other day. It um. It was exci- It was exciting. That might sound strange, because I crashed my helicopter, but I was trying something that I typically don't do in the normal routine of going through the motions of, of flying. And, uh, you know, it, yep. I, for a crash, it went real well. I got throttle holding time. I, you know, and you know, you go out, pick up parts and, 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 uh, now I got to get it back together. But, you know, it's just, it's, um, it adds some excitement to the routine. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, kind of hard for me to convey that that what i'm what i'm what I'm, is spinning in my head but mm-hmm. uh definitely you know it makes as, sense as far as like it, it's getting me excited to get another helicopter and you know try something different <laughs> you know what i mean i you know, i'm yeah i'm go- definitely gonna uh, you know i'm, I'm not i'm still kind of gonna stick to my guns when it comes to the electronics and shit i'm not i'm not a I don't particularly enjoy trying new fly barless units. I'm pretty happy with what I, and I was actually kind of messing around with the icon too a little bit. And I'm, you know, I'm happy with it as it is right now. I'd be glad to know that it's comforting knowing that the, there will be updates. That's, that's a good feeling. But as Mm -hmm. it stands right Mm now, I I mean, um, I'm a long ways from out flying it. Um, So, you know, I think it's been, it's been a, it's been a good couple of weeks. I haven't, you know, I got, Handful of flights. I'm at uh, 4:35 now, so uh, nice. Starting to start, sweet, you know, and uh, just kind of looking forward to continuing on. You know, it's kind of a strange time of year to kind of get a, uh, you know, a fire for flying again with the winter coming on. It's it's like 27 degrees outside right now. Yeah, well, maybe maybe we can uh, maybe we <laughs> can like I do get back on the sim together we should we should start doing that kind of stuff again that's a lot of fun but anyway that uh kind of wraps up my week you know it's uh it's been a exceptionally busy two and a half weeks i thought it was going to slow down midweek but it as it turns out it hasn't really slowed down yet uh probably won't slow down for another <laughs> another month or two but um you know we'll uh we'll get through it and uh get some flying in along the way Nice. Sweet. Quick awesome. go back. I take a no fly card. Still at three oh nine. Dude. You didn't fly that whole weekend? Oh yes you couldn't fly, could you? I, I didn't because it was my wife's birthday weekend and her sister was in town, so it was nice to be able to get out and do some family stuff the whole weekend, but unfortunately it also consumed my off Friday. And I did not get any flying in, but this weekend, the weather looks like it's going to be pretty reasonable. So I'm going to try to get out at least one of the days. 
Maybe we should move into some news. What do you think? Uh, we better. You got news this week, guys? Anybody got news? Oh, we do. We have a... Justin, how much news do we have? We have a float of news. Oh, he changed it up. He did. Button hooked me. <laughs> I see that one coming. We have eight newses. All right. Eight newses. News eye? News eye. <laughs> With the crazy schedules that we run around here, having products that can be both technical and convenient is an absolute must. The Revelectric's Dual Power Lab fits that bill perfectly. With the extensive live data graphing capabilities that the Dual Power Lab offers, I'm never left with a lack of charging and battery information. Not to mention, being able to crank out 40 amps per channel leaves me with charge times that even I can't keep up with. So quit wasting precious time waiting for your packs to be done charging. Pick up a dual power lab to step up your charging game. Thanks, Nick. For more information, log on to www.revolectrics, that's R-E-V-O-E-L-E-C-T-R-I-X.com, then click on the Revo USA store. All right, guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Uh, who's, uh, who's up first? I got, I'll, I'll take a run at a couple of these. All righty. All right, first one that's up, you know, Lynx has been doing heli upgrades for a long time, but now it looks like they have a division called Oxy Helicopters. That's O-X-Y. They're starting this off with uh, a wee little guy. Uh, it is called... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Was that British or English or Scottish or was, uh, Irish or... Attempted Scottish, I think. Yeah, I felt I felt a bit, yeah, a bit of the Scottish in there. I agree. Are you done? <laughs> Nick's not playing along. I would like <laughs> you to try it again. Yeah, do it again uh, so we can hear it and distinguish for ourselves. A wee little guy. Oh, now you really, you threw a couple oh, different dialects. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, I'm not sure a lot what of different that accents. was. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't even think that. That's a lot of different ones? I don't think that country exists. I felt, well, yeah. that's perfect, because that's where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> it's my own special creation. <laughs> Nick's, uh, Nick's head. <laughs> so they're going to be shooting for uh, the range of, uh, eventually, from 180 to 350 millimeter blade size helis. The first one that's going to come out is the Oxy 3. So this one is a 250 millimeter bladed electric, belt driven tail, micro servos, designed to handle high RPMs up to 4,500 on the head. (laughs) And they're going to have upgrades out for three and four blade heads as well as full fuselage. Um, in addition to stretch kits, running it up to 280. You know, looks-wise, dude, it's a pretty cool-looking little heli. I mean... Key, the, keyword hate, keyword there. Little? Little. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, the Lynx upgrades have been, for the most part, pretty darn solid, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. Except for the mother of all suckers. The, the mother of all suckers was the <laughs> mother of all suckers Yes, <laughs> when it came to upgrading. And version one nitro clutches that exploded in your helicopter. That is fair. Yeah, I agree. Or the or the clay. That had some really weird 
They did have yeah, like the weird. the dirt sucking clay. Or yeah, whatever. like cleaning <laughs> clay. Yeah, cleaning clay. Uh, I don't know, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it looks pretty cool. I saw a video up floating around of Trek flying one, and it, it's holding together. So we'll just kind of see, you know, see the direction that they go. New brand, something new, worth a shot, maybe. Why oxy? Yeah, Where, you know, what 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 is that? That's going to be problematic too. That name. Why? Well, for us in the States anyway, NSA is totally going to pick up on that. Could you imagine you're sending emails back and forth talking about buying, uh, hey man, is that Oxy still for sale? <laughs> yeah. Dude, you got that Oxy 3? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you got the Oxy How much you three? want for that Oxy, man? How much you want? Yeah, you want 250 or 350 DA is going to be pounding on your door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And three and four blade heads and a full fuselage to satisf- satisfy the requirements of all users. Scale people. Is that what it is, you think? Sure. Yeah, probably so that you can get little scale fuses and, you know, tinker around with it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. Uh, they spelled division wrong. Oh, oh Jesus. It. <laughs> the Invertix 400. We now we get we got to see this update in person, uh, and I yeah. did not realize that it was kind of almost in a little bit of a beta form, um, and and so fresh off the press when we were there at Urcha. But they had the 4S update out now for the Invertix, and there's a video up here of uh, the Kyles, Stacy, and Dahl flying. Now we saw these fly in Urcha. Bobby was uh, reflashing ESCs right right then and there mm-hmm. uh, at Urcha in the Encore RC booth to to be able to run them for us. Oh my God! <laughs> this thing what is, a difference! <laughs> holy criminy! What a difference! It rips on 4S. Um, so yes, if you have an Inverdict, that update is now out and available. Dan, are you going to get yours updated? Mm, nope. No? No. Wait a minute. Dan, what? you have an Invertix? I don't know. I don't even have one. To, <laughs> I won't I won't have one. Yeah, you will. No, I won't. You will. I it's have not hey, one Taylor, of if you're listening, you can drive it in even harder now. I think yeah, Taylor got his for us. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Taylor and George both yeah. got theirs updated right on the fly. Nice. They were one of the lucky ones there. Yeah. So we're just going to keep rolling with the little heli thing since I know Dan's in heaven here. Yep. You know, I stumbled upon this. Uh, the JR Forza 450. You know, it's been out. Okay. Yada, yada. I'm I'm over on the JR America site, and I look at this. Okay. They have this thing for sale. Now, it's due back in stock in mid-October. The Forza 450 with a motor. 149 bucks. Yep. What? I have W2. also heard rumors that they're going to have a full kit with servos, fly barless system, speed controller, everything just add a battery for like 299. Don't believe that. I don't believe it's a JR. Holy there's no cow. way that there's no way. No way. <laughs> well, look Scam. at the news. Here's 150 with a motor, dude. It's a misprint. Dude. <laughs> nope. They're they bringing it zero. hard. Right in the pants, Dan. <laughs> They've got a Forza 700 for $750. None of the old, uh, other manufacturers can contend with no, that. that's not, yeah. 
Whoa, okay, here it is, Dan, right here. They heard here me, they go. must have heard me bitching about JR450 it. JR450 <laughs> combo with the tags, so that's the gyro. Uh, okay, here we go. Tags, mini fly barless gyro with the receiver built into it, the motor, speed controller, swash servos, and rudder servo, two ninety nine. So they got See? those uh, $9 analog servos from Hobby King in there? But uh, what? Dude, three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars. Why would JR do that? Why? Because they're bringing it hard. I'm going to tell you why. Because they (laughs) they have been listening to us for the last two years bash them about Hiroki Ito being the only one that can afford actually owning a JR helicopter. Ooh, very fair. (laughs) And they are now kicking some serious butt. I mean, I'm telling you, this is this is going to make it hard. Not this. The Forza 450. No one gives a crap about that. But the JR Forza 700 <laughs> at 750 bucks for a 700 kit. And, and the one that that we're talking about, that's a big deal. Now, man. but aren't people having problems with their Forzas? Uh, I haven't. I haven't heard, heard anything. Know. I've heard some. I've heard some little annoyances kind of like well if i were to design it i would have done it this way but not that it doesn't fly well okay i i i I, yeah i don't have any uh, nothing to refer to i just if i feel like i at urcha i heard a lot of people complaining about uh, i can't even remember oh i heard some like really little things like you know mods little teeny mods that they did to the battery tray like put a thumb screw in it instead of something mm. or or can oh the like canopy grommets maybe or something or, or the yeah pins I don't or know. the, it was the all battery really... tray clip i've heard about that a little bit i mean it was small stuff though very small stuff yeah dude i would give i, I would give one of these helis a shot in a heartbeat. Now, Me too for two ninety nine. No, I'm talking about the seven hundred. You goof. <laughs> oh, yeah. Justin's on board though. I'm still on board. But you need wait. another 3D heli, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, Dan. Here's the deal, man. They're making up for the fact that they just released the 28X for thirty two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Okay. To fly your three hundred dollar helicopter. <laughs> they're yes. like they're like, that's that's my bad. Here's a cheap helicopter to make up for Yep. <laughs> Misstep. Maybe we're we'll gonna the transmitter price under the table. I wonder what the prices are like for the for the Forza. For the seven hundred. What do you mean? I mean, as far as like the parts pricing. Oh, crash costs and stuff. Yeah, because they, they could like to... totally hook you in, like the, the what was it, the Raptor EA twenty. Like they they've got that kit price down to like nine hundred bucks now, right? So you're thinking, damn, nice heli, low kit price, nice. And then you go to buy parts for it. It's like, woo, holy crap. Okay, now <laughs> I see where they're gonna make it up. Make it up on the back. <laughs> no, dude. It. I mean, it's not. It's not the cheapest heli out there, but it's not horrible. Uh, upper frame, $43. Let's see. Uh, pitch arm for main grips, $12, $13. What else? So probably give right me, frame, give me, give me $30. Price. What's the price like, of their boom? Yeah, boom, okay, main boom, gear. Boom. Main gear, $18.99. Okay. Nice. That's good. Okay. Uh, let's see. Main shaft, whoa, 20 
Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, you know, it's, yeah. Let's see what else we've got here. Where's, uh, how about torque tube gears? Okay. Yeah. Six ninety nine for a set of two. It's not okay. bad. That's, That's good. Bad. Where is the boom? Boom and boom cover. Tail output shaft is seven dollars. Um, they hide it. I'm still scrolling. Boom, hundred and twenty dollars. Goo. Damn. Boom. Okay, so here's the boom is fifteen ninety nine. Okay. Uh, that's just the boom. That's not the cover. All right. The drive shaft set, so the torque tube basically with the bearings and the splines and all of that is twenty. Uh, so where's the boom cover? It seems to be fairly. Uh, I would say it's right on par with like a line pricing now. Yeah. I would say yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Oh, um, hmm. here we go. FRP, so fiberglass reinforced plastic rear body, which I'm assuming means the boom cover, $90. Ooh. Mm. That's up there. Now, is that integral to the integrity of the... Yeah, because it's the boom supports. There's no boom supports. No, there Uh, are boom supports. There are? Yeah. Carbon tail boom brace. Oh, shit. So you got those two. Well, you don't need the cover do you then i mean oh no justin i'm looking at the pictures that's so you can fly it without the cover okay so all right great so you fly it without the cover that's then. what i would do first crash. then then it's even cheaper now you're you're easily at aligned prices if not probably a little lower plus this is a small lighter weight heli nick so it you could probably get away with Less oh, overall damage. You mean they they stepped away from their G10 Vibe 50 frames? They they did. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a, that's Justin, what is lighter? What's eleven pounds? Okay. So it, this is this is like an nice. and I remember Nick Rollins. He yep. brought his to our tent at Urcha, and I was personally very surprised at how compact the airframe is. It's a tiny heli. Is that your next one, Dan? No. 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 Okay. Well. <laughs> Okay, here we go. I got Dan's next one. Right go. here. Gasser Goblin. No. No? Oh, Wait a okay. minute. What? Man. Well, if you wanted one, they've got more pictures up of the Leviathan 570 gas project that they're working on. So this uses the GT, the OS Max GT15 engine. Mm-hmm. They got some videos up, kind of the overview and the setup on that. You know, one thing that I noticed... Uh, looking at the pictures on this that kind of set it apart from some of the other ones, which, you know, with the canopy on in the end, it, it, it looks really clean. You don't see this ungodly, like gasser junk hanging out of the bottom. Like you do on, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Because it's not an RC format engine. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you, you don't get that like, Elephantitis of the gasser hanging out yeah. at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, when we covered this a few weeks ago, at least the initial announcement, I said that this might be my next gasser, and I stand by it. I want to see how it performs first, but hmm. the the design hmm. is really clean. All right, you ready for this one? 
Ready. Gonna have, I'm going to have some fun with this one. So Castle, in their all-incumbent wisdom, has put out a new ESC. This is the Talon 120 HV. And at first I was like, ah, here we go. I'm looking at it. Uh, very unique and kind of cool looking mm -hmm. uh, encapsulated ESC. Or I mean, uh, like heat sink all around the ESC. Mm -hmm. Couple odd features. So this does fall in line with the other Talon series. It does have a BEC, an internal BEC into it, which from the specs, you know, six or eight volt output voltage, peak up to 20 amps. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Should be plenty to run your servos. Uh, here's two two kickers, though. A, they built this like the Talon 90 in that the bullets are built into the ESC. Now, this thing is big. Like, for a 120, it's really long because now the bullets are built into it. Mm-hmm. I do not know of. It's like iPhone length. It's it's big. Yeah, it's like, it looks like a walkie-talkie, dude. It does look like one of those. Things. Yeah, well, like it a really cross puts between a walkie-talkie and an ironing board. <laughs> yeah, what well, you the picture when he's holding it in his hand really puts it into perspective. Yeah. The yeah. first picture. So, yeah. Here, here's my question. I've only seen. I can maybe think of two helis that have a location where you can mount a speed controller and plug the motor directly into the speed controller like this. That means all the rest of the helis out there, you're going to have to make basically jumper wires, right? Extensions, yeah. Which puts more connections in between your motor and your speed controller which for some people and their soldering skills is a big issue. That's a, that's a hurdle. <laughs> I feel like they've created a problem by doing this. Like they're now going to see more failures because of, you know, putting more in the hands of the hobbyist, so to say. And the other big one, which is just like seriously smack yourself in the head with a rolled up newspaper this is not an edge series, so there's no RPM output on this. Oh, they don't give you the ability to do hmm. governor. No. That's silly. I mean, yeah. that was the best thing that Castle came out with, was the edge series. Do they have one particular, maybe is it? Is it good for, for planks? Is that, I mean, is it? Is that what they're I, thinking? I don't know, but a lot, you know, with the Edge series, it's not just RPM output out of that wire. Right. There were a lot of killer features. Yeah, that yeah, that's pick. true. That's true. Safety arming, you know, double safety arming, that sort of a thing. This is just a, a I feel like this is just a real, just a tard move on their part. You want to know, you know, there's another one here, Nick, that that requires another newspaper to the head. Did you read the Talon HV BEC wire warning? No. Warning. Mm -mm. Remove the BEC power wire from the radio before connecting the ESC to Castle Link. 
So you can't even use the Castle Quick Connect Y adapter. Oh, with both of those plugged in. Yeah. I don't know. They're... Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what did they? What? So I, I, I've got some questions here. Okay. <laughs> what? Why a one twenty? Why in this form factor? Why? I mean, they've already got an Edge one twenty HV with the logging, with the capability. Why didn't they just put a BEC in that? You know what I think they're trying to do? Here's what I think they're trying to do. I think this was their version of dipping their toe in the water, trying to compete with Contronic. And that's a... In that's what a per- way? Well, okay. So that, they're, they're not going to go all in, because if they dick it up going all in, people are just going to roast them, right? So they can't say, okay, here's a 160. I mean, you think about it. Look at this thing. It is an all-encapsulated, no external output wires, speed controller with a built-in BEC. They just took a couple more steps toward what a Contronic, uh, like a Cosmic 160 is, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, but they did it in their little, in their, in their, in their fail way. <laughs> you know, they didn't put the <laughs> the nice ring terminals on there. They put bullets because you think about how long this thing is. Now put another bullet plugged into the end of it and try yeah. and bend that wire around a corner. Well, here here yeah, add a half an inch. Yeah. Here's exactly. what's even better. It forces you to use their bullets. Because these are Castle 5.5s. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, you can't just clip them off and put whatever you want on no, them. No, no, you can't. Yeah, you can't do that. That's a good I, point. And, and I, I really do. I think they're trying to do the whole, well, Contronic, you can use the internal BEC and it's just fine. So, therefore, we're you're, we're going to try and force you into thinking that ours is good enough to use. Because- I mean, for the record, I think it's great that they're putting a a capable... BEC in their ESCs, but I just wouldn't have guessed this. Yeah, but I, I it, mean, it's like with all the different things that, in my opinion, Justin's view of the world, Castle needs to do to come up to speed with the rest of the world. The BEC is not the biggest one. No, A- because integrated they, output connectors is not the biggest one. You no, know, they we're, don't we're, have where's a 14S? reputable BEC. Well, you know, I think, too, you guys might be assuming that this thing is designed to be marketed to the heli community. Maybe it's not. It's capable of up to 6,000 watts of continuous power for a wide variety of heli and fixed wing applications. Well, of course, they're going to say heli and fixed wing. But, you know, the the Planker guys generally don't get too wrapped up in the. Well, did the was the Talon you the Talon 90? I mean, do people buy that and use it in their planks? I have no idea what people are putting <laughs> in their planks, but that, I mean, that's a genuine question I because don't know. that would that would be the answer. If they say no, no one uses a Talon ninety, then why would anyone use a Talon? I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't use a Talon ninety in a plane. Well, because Castle inherently, and from their past reputation, does not have a reliable BEC. I mean, they don't. Yeah, okay. The, Certainly not when you connect it across yeah, 12S. You guys, 12S, You guys exactly. got to remember, 
these these plane guys are putting nine dollar analog servos in their planes. No, no, no. I'm talking uh, back to the heli side of it. Because if they if they want to put this on a helicopter, you know the market is going to be assuming that you basically put a BEC Pro inside of there. Yeah, I mean that's what we're saying. Yeah. Okay, you you well, stack and the it's component. a twenty amp peak, so that sounds pretty yeah, reasonable. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, uh, for, actually I'm going to look it up. What are the what are the specs on the BEC? Does it say? Uh, it says right here, Let's twenty see. amp peak. Peak indicates a current level sustainable for the duration of a typical servo's transient current loads. 10 amp continuous. I really believe that it's, you know, it's probably just the components of the BEC Pro put in here. But that's the scary part because that means they put it across 12S inside there, which takes your reliability factor and goes from pretty good on 6S. I mean, I really believe that the BEC Pros are actually really darn good on 6s but on 12s you cut it in like half (laughs) yeah bec pro is also 20 amps peak i just don't get it i mean they should have taken the edge 120 they should have put a a much better heat sink setup on it Uh, you know maybe done the all encapsulated thing left it an edge Leave the BEC out of it. Yeah. If you want to go some sort of ring terminals on the end, that's great. You know, whatever. Or I, I don't know. Put a BEC inside, but it, it's got to be edge at this point. It just has to. Yeah. If it had that feature, Agreed. I would be a, a lot more tolerant of it. And you but, can only select but, six or eight volts output. You don't get to choose in between. Well, maybe it is a completely different BEC then. Maybe people don't care. <laughs> maybe who knows? I mean, I, I mean, people don't care whether they can select in between. I guess I only ever run six or eight volts. So. Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, that, that's I, half not the that time big I, deal. I sit there and stare between seven point four eight and eight point two or whatever, and I'm like, I don't care. Does it really make a difference? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I seriously just kind of go eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how the uh, old heli community takes it. Uh, all right. Moving right along. One more. Speaking of Sims, are we ready? Real Flight cranking out another update. Real Flight 7.5. Mm. Here nice. we go. Which shows little to no features that I'm interested in, truthfully. <laughs> um, the only one that I saw, and I'm going to see if I can find it, is, and I don't know what this is. It says AccuModel, aircraft editor. Tab dialogues make it easy to change the wingspan, modify airfoils, add weaponry, blah, blah, blah. What's a wingspan? Well, I think, but they have a picture of a multi-rotor. was a joke, but yeah, I got you. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Well, (laughs) I think the big purpose of this update, truthfully, is multi-rotor stuff. Real physics technology upgrades that allow pilots to experience all of the nuances 
of multi-rotor flight. Yeah, I mean, Dan, FPV. As an this. expert, can you please tell me what nuances exist in multi-rotor flight? Yeah, what was missing from previous So when you're sitting there hovering now. and your SIM transmitter is literally sitting on the damn desk <laughs> and you're staring at the screen, <laughs> a, a, a gust of wind comes up and the multi-rotor does a little jiggle. Is that what we're talking about here? If you have it tuned properly, it won't even do a little jiggle. It won't even won't jiggle. Even jiggle. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, maybe they're talking about the uh, accelerated descents that uh, cause instability in a crash. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there you go. They've got you know more combat stuff. They do have some more of the photo field sites and 3D flying sites. Tons more multi-rotors, multi-rotor uh, multi you know, uh, not just airframes, but uh, that seems to be where it's targeted around. Lots of first-person view stuff, more challenges. Well, uh, the only thing that's moderately, I mean, moderately appealing to me is if it did have a better editor. That's always been one of my complaints in comparison mm, to Phoenix. That's Phoenix true. Very clear parameters uh, for the heli aspect. Um you know, they could only tune so well, but nonetheless, they were there. And it was much more like tuning a real helicopter. You don't have to, you know, create all sort of weird black magic and witchcraft to get a real flight model to, to fly right yeah. and, and change parameters that make no sense whatsoever. Yeah. But I don't yeah. see Does, about the update cost or anything. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Is it a paid update? Yeah, Which I would it is. I would assume it is. It says, they they, they it always is. are. It says at the in the press release. Oh, very down. I can't read it on the one I got. Justin, you got it in front of you? No, I already closed it. It basically press says release. you can pay some extra money if you want to oh. upgrade your shit. Forty bucks. Hmm. Meh. Hmm. Hmm. So now you guys that don't have seven. Because, like, Dan and Justin, you guys are still flying on six and a half, right? Yep. Well, I still have six and a half. I'm not flying on it. Yeah, okay. I think I still am, too. So then do you guys have to pay, like, yeah, 80 Probably. to get up to it? <laughs> Probably. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Well, I don't know. Hmm. You, can't, you can't blame them, really, for uh, trying to tap into the multi-rotor. Stuff. No, I can't. Oh, I, following I just, the trend. Absolutely. You know, I would like to see some, you know, a big, huge list of. Well, we added a bunch new helis and. You yeah, know, they, I think they really rely on that knife edge forums for the guys creating their own. Yeah. For the FPV stuff, I think it makes sense. I just I'm not sure how much simming for. Multi well, it doesn't make does sense. It you. doesn't make sense to you and me and other people in the hobby. But what it does make sense is when Joe Blow goes down to buy his Phantom because he wants to put a GoPro on it and he's mm-hmm. at the hobby shop and then there's this big can learn. there's a big placard over here that says Real Flight Multi Rotor Simming Learn how yeah. to fly your you know, of course they're gonna Yeah, it's it. a you no, know, I understand it's fly a like a pro. And one of it's the a you know thing. one of the big pictures is looks like the T V S Discovery. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. so they've got that and then they've got uh a hexa, a big, uh, a big AP looking hexa in there, and one of the other pictures is basically like a knockoff Phantom, you know, the Phantom Vision sure. or whatever it yeah. is. So, I, I get it. Just you know, 
once again, damn multi-rotors. Exactly. Cocking up my updates. Destro- <laughs> destroying the world. <laughs> destroying we, the world. We used, to be able to, we used to be able to say it's world. Obama's fault. Now we can say it's the multi-rotors' fault. Yeah. Well, hmm. I think that I have probably bashed and, and ranked on about enough stuff for one episode. Anybody else got any news? I've got two quick news stories. All right. First one comes from a listener of ours, Cliff, uh, over in the UK. And this is actually, uh, this is a pretty interesting one. It would appear as if there is a new, I, I can't tell whether this is, this is already in effect, but there is a new law that I believe the UK government is trying to pass to require licensing for home users of explosive they call it explosive precursors but basically chemicals that that can be used in manufacturing of explosives and one of the substances that they are calling regulated is anything with nitromethane content of greater than 30 percent by weight And of course, what this means for us in the hobby is nitro fuel. Okay. I I think there's a debate right now amongst people who are aware of this as to whether the, when you see cool power, 30%, is that 30% by volume or is it 30% by weight? Well, I'm going to go ahead and claim that it's by weight because I looked up the material safety data sheet on Morgan Fuels for Cool Power 30 and the list of material ingredients and compositions is listed as a by weight percentage. Uh, I so, think that most people think it's by volume. Well, yeah. I think most people think yeah, it's by volume. Agree. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Uh, I think it's by weight. I think they should check on this, but I'm pretty certain that most of the nitro manufacturers do it by weight. And what that basically means is 30% may be in danger of being regulated. I think 15 and 20% would be fine, but 30% you might have to actually get a valid license. Was well, it up to 30 is okay? Over 30? It or says concentration above the specified concentration. So oh, maybe that, is, that is correct. It says, yeah, substances above the specified concentration limit, and the upper limit is 30%. Yep, good okay. catch, so Jesse. It be, so it may be okay. be okay. Yeah. Who knows? But that would really suck. Now, you know, I mean, I don't <laughs> know how many people are... I, I get the impression that nitro is... But by proportion of total heli flyer population over in the UK is pretty damn popular. So that that could be a big blow. OptiFuel, man. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Good luck with that one, guys. Hopefully it doesn't doesn't come over here. That would suck. Next <laughs> one. This one this one's interesting in that. I think RCHN, you, know, you guys don't know this, but RCHN, Dan, was hand-selected by the guys at Contronic to announce this news before anyone else knows it. Ooh, In fact, I have a press release. <laughs> yep, I have a press release 
that is supposed to be made available to everyone in the world by Contronic on Monday, which is the day that this episode goes live. But it's not Monday, is it? It's Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Contronic has listened to their customers and has finally recognized people's complaints that in order to make adjustments to BEC voltages on their various ESCs, it requires the, it has historically required the prog disc, which everyone knows is it's about a hundred, 110 bucks. It's depending on who you are, kind of funky to use, uh, or at least takes a little bit of getting used to. And so they have developed a new firmware that allows you to do voltage adjustment by using standard stick programming. Basically that what they've freaking, added. Yeah, that is yeah, awesome. They've added what they're calling mode 10. And what that'll allow you to do is adjust your BEC voltage in 0.2 volt increments. So basically you go in and you program your Contronic like you usually do. You do mode four, let's just say. Okay. And then you unplug it. You power it back up and go back into programming mode. You wait until it goes to mode 10. Okay. You go high stick. It says I'm now in mode 10 and then it beeps. And for each beep, it represents another 0.2 volt increment. And so you just wait until you get the number of increments you want to get up to your voltage. You go high stick again. It confirms and you're ready to go. Right now, the way they're going to be doing this is that all of the new Jive Pro firmware is going to ship this way. So if you buy a Jive Pro, there may be some residual inventory in stores right now. But for the most part, any of the Jive Pros that ship from Contronic in the next week or so will have this available. And they're going to follow up with the same firmware in the Kobe's and the Cosmics. So those will be released in the hardware from the factory soon. Here is the catch. If you've got an ESC right now. The way you're going to get a laugh a little bit, the way you're going to get to the <laughs> point where your firmware is upgraded to do this is by using a prog disc. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> and, and as most people know, Contronic oh, has wow. discontinued the prog disc and they're working on another more intuitive programmer. I don't have news on when that's going to come out. Oh, uh, We'll we'll see. Maybe they'll let us announce that first as well. But for the time being, you're going to need a, a prog disc. I know there are certain companies out there that may be offering their prog discs to local customers. At least I talked to Joe and Kyle over at Rotary Wing. I think they've been shipping their prog disc all over the place so that people can get ready to do their upgrades. Uh, I have a prog disc myself. I'm in a situation where I don't use it past initial setup. So if there are people that hear this and would like to do the upgrade as of Monday when the firmware goes live, let me know. I'd be happy to set up a little prog disk transfer program as long as you pay for shipping to and from me or the next person in line. And nice. uh, and yeah, I mean, I think this is pretty cool. Thank you, Contronic, for Absolutely, listening. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for thinking Sweet. about us. What a, yes. Yeah. 
What a great update, too. Like, Absolutely. I mean, all, all joking aside, that's been one that, man, so many people didn't. Oh, yeah, I'll get it. Oh, yeah, I can run my. Sur- oh, I got to run my five volts. Yeah. When it so what do you six? guys think? Do you want my you want me to ship my prog disc up to you, Nick, so that you can do the update when it yeah, comes s- out? Send it out to me. Um, would you? No. Yeah. Send it to Dan. You'll get a lot of use out of it as a as like a, uh, a coaster paperweight. Mm-hmm. Um, no, for me, no. Doesn't make a difference. I'm a receiver pack guy and nope. I'm I'm not going to drop down to six volts. And so because mine are not the Jive Pros. Mine, mine's just a heli jive. Right. Yep. So I will not need it. Well, there you go. Is that it for news? That's all I got, man. Jesse. No, I got nothing. I actually have some news. No way. I do. Holy cow. And it's actual news. Like real. I will be the judge news? of that. Helicopter news. Remote control helicopter. Remote control helicopter news. Do tell. Uh, it has to do with uh, the new Rush Evo. Oh, ah, the evolution. So those of you guys who have done the pre-order, you're probably mostly aware of this. Uh, I'm sure somebody's gotten in touch with you. Um, if not, though, uh, if you take a look at what's happening in China right now, there's a bit of a... Um, uh, civil strife happening yeah it's jacked and um those and and the problem with this is these these protests are happening in locations that are not allowing the kits that are being manufactured to be sent to the states so these kits are not making they're not going to be making it on time because of this issue that's happening in China right now. Hmm. It's actually affecting hmm. a lot of brands. So don't go ranking on your, you know, on the hobby shops if they. Yeah. And, and it's not the manufacturer's it. fault or it's not the, you know, it's not uh, the, the guys that are owning the brand's fault. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, this is, um, this is a uh, issue in China and China exclusively. So, as soon as that uh, stuff settles, I guess those of you who have your pre-orders in will be, uh, and I don't know if that means that everybody, I don't know if they have a handful and some went out and some didn't. I just know that uh, uh, I've been contacted by, uh, Mark actually contacted me, and he didn't really specify as to the um, how much, how this is affecting it as a whole, but it is affecting uh, shipment of those kits. So there you go. That's my news. Hopefully it gets sorted soon. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that does suck. Yeah. I think KDS actually got hit with it as well. Did they? Yeah. All righty. Well, uh, I guess that wraps up the news, guys. This week's news has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. You know, there aren't many companies that can honestly say they offer a complete spectrum of helis from beginner all the way to expert. Well, Blade Helicopters can not only make that claim, but they can most certainly back it up. Whether you're looking for your first collective pitch heli, like maybe the 200 SRX with self-leveling safe technology, or 
you're ready to step up and play with the big boys and get the 700X Pro Series, you'll be sure to find a blade heli that will fit your skill level and budget. From little kids to big kids, Blade's got something for you. So fly on over to www.bladehelis.com for more information. Speaking of government crap, right? Oh, that one at base. <laughs> that did. Was that, you. was that you, Nick? You've been practicing that? That was me. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, most, you guys have heard, I know you guys have most, most people have heard, uh, this, uh, revelation that's been brought to us by the, the, the grand people at the, uh, United States, uh, forestry department. Yeah. Department of the interior forest service in particular. They've decided, well, actually, apparently this, this has been on the books for four years, but it just has not been enforced. Did you guys hear that part of that? Anal interior. <laughs> Did you guys hear that part of it? <laughs> yeah. So, yep. low down. Here, here's the deal. They want to. It's not necessarily a heli or even a multi rotor thing. It, it's a. It's a. But it does affect these those of us who you know live like the Forest Service land is literally a mile and a half away from where I live. Mm-hmm. Um. So, matter of fact, is now they're trying to say it's for commercial use, but the problem is. It's very vague, uh, but to break it down in a nutshell, it's a fifteen hundred dollar license. They want to pay you. They want you to pay now. I don't know about other national parks, but I do know that for Yellowstone, Yellowstone, for example, uh, if you are a professional photographer and you want to go into the park to take photos, there is a two hundred dollar license that you have to buy. Um. If you back to the the fifteen hundred dollar license, if you don't have that and you get caught, it's a thousand dollars, not just a one time thousand dollars. If you have five pictures, it's five thousand dollars. You have twenty pictures, it's twenty thousand. Seriously? Yes. Yep. yep. Now, now they have to be sold or used in uh, conjunction of marketing, like. Um, Let's say you owned a logging business and you were just up one day taking photos of your rigs and uh, you just were looking at them and go, wow, that's, that's a, man, that's a really nice picture. Maybe I'll put that on our webpage. Uh-uh. Nailed. Let's say you're out in the forest with your buddies and something crazy, silly, stupid happens and you go, oh man, I'm going to put this video on YouTube. If you put it on YouTube, and it, it it goes viral and you decide to monetize like a lot of people that get viral videos do um you're nailed you will get fined i, I don't know it, it's one i think i don't know if that would just be a thousand because it's just one video i don't know but the, some matter of fact is man this uh well i gotta tell you every you know the especially with the recent faa bullshit Every opportunity that this government gets to try to squeeze another dime out of us, they absolutely take. And it's getting ridiculous. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. You know, the FAA, you know, we, the whole government FAA, you guys have heard that they've uh, 
authorized, I think six or seven production companies in Hollywood, uh, to, with their certificate of authorization to shoot video. What a joke. Um, I just don't understand <laughs> the magic they didn't certificate. Authorize, they they basically <laughs> those companies sat down and were like, "All right, how much do you want? What's yeah, it gonna what's cost? it going to cost? Yeah, you're pissing me off. You're cutting into my movie making. Shut your mouth and give me a number. That's what they said. This was not some big like, oh, we're all going to sit down and work in harmony because they really feel that they're doing a good and safe job and all this. It was yeah. just a buyout. For six companies, it doesn't. It's not a win. People are like, "Oh, it's so cool. This is a step in the right direction." No, it's not. Because <laughs> who else has See, that much money? How do you really <laughs> feel, Nick? Well, tell well us- this is wh- why I skipped that other episode as well <laughs> when I wasn't here. It's a good thing. <laughs> well, so tell me what you guys think. I mean, because uh, you know, I know Jesse. You've you're into the photography now. I mean, yeah, I'm just. You know, if I was this, this would be something that if I wouldn't heard about this, wouldn't wouldn't even cross my mind or seem feasible or real. If someone just walked up and told me this because, you know, myself going out there, let's say I go out there next week, some forestry land and take a picture. Awesome landscape shot, sunset, sunset, whatever, sunset, sunrise, whatever. And let's say three years down the road, I decide to start up a photography business and I'm throwing all these pictures up there in, in a portfolio up on a website to think that the you know the repercu- the repercussions of that could come back that far down the road or y- you just when you're sitting there taking that picture at least for me I'm not sitting there going oh is this is this going to sell is this going am I going to make a profit off of this so to be able to I guess justify the cost of that $1500 license especially for most you know amateur just starting out professional photographers I think that's going to be pretty tough to do because honestly, how are you going to know that on that trip or you know on when you go out there that time that you're going to capture that picture that you're going to make more than fifteen hundred dollars on? So, looking at it from that perspective, that's and what about this, guys? What about uh, aerial guys? Whether you're on your helicopter or your or your uh, AP multi rotor platform, mm-hmm. what if you uh, what like here in Montana? There's a lot of land that is bordering for well every state i guess there is but i mean very easily accessed and wide open land where you could be just you know happily shooting pictures of land that you own and arbitrarily uh without thinking about it in the frame comes two thousand acres of forest service land you know yeah you know the even that's a really good point and have are they silent on that dan one of the guys running for Senate here, Danes is his name. He, you know, he's adamantly opposing this and writing letters and whatever they do, lip servicing each other. Um, you know, he's asking all of these very specific questions and they are just coming back and they are not veering from their, all they're saying is, well, this is only for commercial use. Okay. Well, help us def- define commercial use. Well, it's just for commercial use. Well, yeah, define it for us, and they won't do it. It's very vague. They, and, you know. Well, so cool. I'm I'm looking at the now. This is on the U.S. State, or United States Department of Agriculture and Forest Service, and it defines commercial as 
the purposes of this definition, creation of a product for sales, including a film, videotape, television broadcast, documentary, historical events, wildlife, nature events, features subjects or participants in a sporting or recreation event, and so forth, when created for the purpose of generating income. So, so what happens if what happens if it wasn't generated for the purpose of income, but yet it does somehow generate income? But but does that mean I mean, if I go and take a picture and I didn't pay for my license and I post it on Facebook, am I going to get no pursued by these guys? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. But if you, if that picture, for whatever reason, um, let's say like Jesse, he's taking all these photos and uh, some of them happen to be up in the mountains and he decides, mm-hmm. he decides to sell 2000 photos uh, to a stock photo company. Mm-hmm. Where people like Shutterstock or something like yeah. that. Yeah, any mm-hmm. of them. There's a yeah. handful. So now he's subject to this. I mean, without in the intention of doing that, he just one day says, Well, man, look at that. I looked at, man, I've got like 500 really good pictures here. Let me just. Yeah, or he, he takes one great picture. And, yeah. you know, a, a friend of his is like, Oh, man, I'm starting up a new company. Can I use that picture on my website background? Right. Yep. You know, sure, yeah. Oh, and it's sure, not yeah. specific, though, to aerial photography. It's not. No. It's not. It's no, any it's, photography. It's but, anything. But it's any. But here's what, all that bullshit aside, this is public land. Mm-hmm. We already own that land. Why would we need to pay $1,500 to take pictures of that land? The wilderness. That I agree with completely. I mean, what? You know the cool part? Who's going to enforce this? The Forest Service, right? Hey, boo-boo, taking a picture. <laughs> How about if I give you a picnic basket? Well, it's funny because it says it says that this is a public law that allows the Forest Service to collect two types of fees for commercial filming and photo- photography activities. A use fee, which is based upon the number of days of filming or photography activities, the size of the film and photography crew, and or the amount and type of equipment present. That's interesting. And then the cost recovery fee covers the administrative and personnel costs associated with issuing the permit. Yeah, and it's like two hundred dollars. So that sounds really open ended, dude. Absolutely, and it's it's like they and they that administrative time ticket. I don't know if it says it there, but they're accounting for three hours of administrative processing to even look at your application. Yeah, that's Shit. this is just another then, way for them to make money then. It is shady. It is. So I I haven't read through the the specifics, but Nick, when we were at Othello, you were you were reading it out loud and didn't you mention something about even if you have the license after you have the photograph or the video, they still have to review it? Yes. To yeah. make sure that it aligns they get with to their review it. Yes. <laughs> and it said what did it say? It said it, it, to to align they have with, to accept it to, to make sure that it something to do with it reflects aligns the with their policies. Aligns with their policies. Absolutely. Yeah. This is the shadiest bunch of crap. So I you have yeah, ever so heard. you could go take a picture or video, pay your license, you know, get your license completely legit, and you still can't sell it. Yeah. So you know, like, let's say uh, you wanted to take uh, let's just use an example. Let's say you wanted to Go do a photo shoot, right? You you go out, you you cruise up a public land 
logging road. You pull off to the side. You go into the woods 30 feet. You set this new dirt bike up there. You want to do a photo shoot. Period. You 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 buy the stupid permit. You go back and they go, oh, nah, that's a dirt bike in that picture. Nah, that, I feel like that's going to promote that it's okay to ride. And we don't want you to tear up the land. No, sorry, you can't. Yeah, so and actually it says that, dude. It actually says a special use permit may only be issued for commercial photography or filming on a U.S. Forest Service area if the activity has a primary objective of disseminating information about the use of and enjoyment of wilderness is wilderness dependent and an appropriate non-wilderness substitute does not exist and the activity would not involve the use of any motorized equipment or mechanical transport. I mean, this is like, okay, we don't want you to use the wilderness. Now, we don't even want you to take a picture of it and see it. (laughs) This is retarded. Yeah, I mean, just stupid. it's like they want us to forget it even exists. Yeah, don't go outside anymore. Yeah, this is one that I wanna I wanna get your take on, Dan. Uh, as I'm reading through more of these clauses, it says the Forest Service may require liability insurance and or performance bonds to protect the public interest. Typically, one million dollars in general liability may be required. Up to five million may be required for activities that involve the use of a helicopter. Now, it doesn't specify RC or full scale, but being in the business of of multi rotors, I mean, how does that work? Is it typical that a company like yours would have yes. five million dollars well, no, of not, liability? Not that much. And uh, right now, the only insurance we have is manufacturing insurance. Okay, so you're not insured against anything that would occur during operation of the vehicles. Nope, not yet. We're looking into other that. than through AMA. Uh, not even AMA. Uh-uh. Oh, yeah, not no. We have nothing to do with the AMA. Trust me on that one. <laughs> they are not our friends. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, we um, we're looking at right now. Uh, talking into to some insurance companies to try to get something written up specifically for that. And being that it's such a new uh, technology, so to speak, uh, there's some real, there's some real hurdles involved in that process. Uh, So there's a manufacturing insurance, but we haven't got an operational insurance. Okay. But you know, what, you know, Nick, Nick has it. He nailed it. It's all about money and it's, and this this whole FAA thing, you know what? It's all about money as well. You know, it's it's about how much, how can the government set up a situation to where they can benefit off of other people's hard work? Uh, and that's all it is. That's all it is. So it's just sad. Uh, you know, here in Montana, especially, it's it's. Um, you know, I think Mont. I think. I was listening to a radio show the other day, and I'm not even going to paraphrase because I don't want to be way, way off, but a very large, as you can imagine, very large amount of the land in Montana is federally owned. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's stuff like this. I mean, Montana is very picturesque. I mean, you've got got the extremes from uh, very 
high mountain ranges to absolute prairie. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a great place for someone who's into AP or even not AP, if just a regular photographer that's taking regular photos of animals, um, to come and do, and they do that. I mean, that's a big tourist attraction. Uh, this is going to scare that money away. You know, it's, it's just a, it's a cluster is what it is. It's just another attempt for the government to grab more money because we're not paying enough taxes. Didn't you guys know that? We don't pay enough taxes. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'd be curious to know. Uh, I would be curious. You know, I'd like to hear from our listeners on what, you know, some of these uh, quote unquote laws and all that kind of stuff we're bringing up, what you've got in your country. Cause I think that's something that I, I don't personally have, you know, hardly any grasp on of, of, you know, what's reasonable, what's unreasonable. Well, I can tell you this from the AP aspect, almost every other industrialized country is embracing the technology because they understand that it's an unstoppable force and they're, you know, they want to let their entrepreneurs run with the ideas that they have because in the long run, they, the government will benefit from that mm. because the money generated mm-hmm. the last, you know, the estimate keeps growing, but uh, I remember the first time I looked into the estimated uh, market share, you know, they were, they were saying over 10 years, like $90 billion. Now, now that's gone up. Uh, and that's a, <laughs> that is a huge revenue stream that this, this country is just pissing on. Mm-hmm. By just yep. tying the hands of of people now, uh, you know, and I've I, it's funny I didn't get any uh, when we talked about this a few weeks ago. I didn't get any negative emails. Um, a couple sarcastic ones, you know, tongue in cheek, just poking a little fun at me, and I'm uh, that's fine with me. Uh, requiring some type of licensure for the commercial side, uh, and mm-hmm. and typically that. Is uh, you know that that's going to involve money on the, from the government's perspective. From my perspective, it should involve competency, some way to demonstrate that you can handle these machines uh, effectively. And you know, the the simple matter of the fact is, these guys, the the politicians are talking about, you know, privacy is the big issue. Well, bullshit. I call bullshit on that one. No one's spending twenty five thousand dollars on a sky jib. And peeking into their neighbors' windows with that machine, they're just Heck not no. doing it. They're not putting a fifty thousand dollar red epic on a on a twenty five thousand dollar machine, putting a hundred grand into the air, and trying to see what their neighbors are doing. And likewise, those of us who are not at that level, are, you know, still putting several thousand dollars in the air. We're not interested in what you're, what you're doing. Your neighbors are doing. <laughs> I can see it all. With that my doesn't coat, make us though, money. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And- yeah, exactly, Nick. I mean, if you're <laughs> that committed to getting a look at your neighbor's ugly ass wife, you can do it a lot cheaper than spending yeah, and a lot and a lot more five prob- or ten grand. And a lot more stealthy, probably yeah. too. You know? Yeah. Less, Last uh- time I checked, these things aren't quiet in <laughs> yeah. relative terms. Especially when, you know, because it's all about the close quarters. That's what their thing is. Well, you yeah. know, you can see well, you know, if you, yeah, we get it. A guy could take a picture from an airplane or a helicopter, but we can hear and see that and they can't get close. Well, guess what? If I'm getting close enough to see the pimples on your ass, 
you're probably going to hear the machine. Yeah, I can yeah. look over my wooden <laughs> fence right now. Especially when it hits now. the window. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Rips a hole through the window or the wall or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't Oops. know. It's just it's just craziness. It's got nothing to do with safety. It's got nothing to do with privacy. It's got everything to do with the government just trying to figure out how they can get the most money out of it. And it just rolls back to this whole Forest Service thing. All they're doing, oh, it's been in effect for four years, but we just, wait a minute. You're telling me you have a law that you're, has been in effect for four years and you've not enforced it, but now just arbitrarily, ah, wake up today, didn't like my coffee. Oh, maybe I'll enforce that rule now because my coffee wasn't hot enough at McDonald's. I'm pissed off. I'm going to enforce this rule from here on. Come on. Why would you make a rule and not enforce it for four years? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why make the rule? If you're not going to enforce stupid it. in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, maybe they made the rule and realized it was stupid, but they understand that now they're looking at everything else that's happening in the world and they're like, well, this is a good time to just fucking start doing this. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> Does, it doesn't sound so stupid it anymore. It doesn't sound so stupid anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Random acts of stupidity, perfect timing. Yeah. It's just. Oh, uh, could sneak this in. <laughs> Anyway, that's that's enough on that. I mean, uh, I would be interested to hear those of you who are doing, I mean, uh, you know, because we're hobbyists. Our intent as hobbyists is not to make money. Although we all know Dan's opinion on that. I, I, I think, I still think that everybody who gets into the multi-rotor thing in the back of their mind is thinking, I might be able to scrape a few bucks off this. So this affects you. Tell me what you think. You know, send me an email. Put it on Facebook. Give us an idea of what you guys think about this stuff. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear. Tell us how wrong we are. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. Tell us how off way off way off base we are. It's, it's just a harmless little thing. It's only going to apply to the you know photographers that are making tons of money a year. That's, uh, okay. We'll see. You. Now that I've owned two full sets of BK high-voltage cordless servos, I can honestly say that these are the best full-size cyclic servos I have owned to date. These things are crazy fast, with a speed of 0.049 seconds per 60 degrees, and plenty strong, with a torque rating of 295 inch ounces. Oh, and to top all this off, they're only 99 bucks a piece. So whether you're looking to replace an old set of worn out servos or outfitting that brand new heli, be sure to head over to bkservo.com. Did you guys hear about the uh, dude that shot down his neighbor's phantom with a shotgun in New Jersey? Uh, Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) That didn't go. The The guy was taking... Uh, okay, if if I got my news stories correct, he was taking a picture of a plot of land or a new house being built of his friends. For his friend. For his friend. For, <laughs> not for commercial use. No, for his friend and the neighbor down the street, <laughs> it pissed him off and he shot it down. <laughs> now, for the oh. record, I would love to have seen that. But oh, yeah. I would be pissed. Yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, even here in Montana, we, uh, you know, 
and they used the word drone, and I hate that, but uh, just I guess at this point, there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, the local newspaper, I remember it was a few months ago, wrote a, an op-ed about drones. And I was shocked to see so many of those types of comments. Uh, you know, oh, I, you know, I'm going to shoot first, grab the shovel and say nothing to nobody. You know what I mean? It's like, what the, what is wrong with you people? Seriously? You know, it's, uh, what was the, do we know the outcome to that, that to that story? Yeah, the guy got in trouble. <laughs> yeah, he got in trouble. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, he got, it was, you know, discharging firearm. Discharging a firearm. Yep. Yep. And there was a, there was something else. Destruction of property, blah, blah, blah. It was a bad deal for that guy. I wonder if he thought it was going to be awesome. okay. I mean, seriously, what is going through your mind as you're grabbing your shotgun and saying, I'm going to shoot that? I mean, did, and truthfully, was he an old guy or a young guy or what was he? I feel like it would be a planker. I, I'm with you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> all the plankers just went, oh, <gasps> gasp. They do that every episode they hear from us. I know. I love it. <laughs> the collective <laughs> gas. Smile inside <laughs> and outside. What? What is? I know, but I just can't imagine. As you're aiming, are you? Do you have an an inner struggle of like, okay, I'm just getting ready to pull the trigger. What are the possible consequences of this? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then. How do you outweigh the consequences with the actual act? It's like, well, uh, do I, I'll take my chances or I don't care. You know, maybe we, we don't know the whole story. You know, maybe this guy had been learning to fly this thing out in the, out in the road or out in the front yard. And, you know, maybe the neighbor had already ex- expressed his yeah, lack of love that's for true. it and said i better not catch that thing down by my house blah 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 how do i know you're not doing this there could be a very deep-seated feud there the guy you know he said next time i see it i'm gonna shoot it down and he saw it up in the air one more time and we don't know how and he far, shot it down <laughs> and he he definitely did it i have a feeling we're gonna start seeing uh, more and more of these types of oh yeah big time yeah yep. And, I'm uh, going to be smarter myself. And, I'm going to use an air rifle. <laughs> yeah, <there> you <laughs> you think least, that's going to make a difference? Or at least a silencer huh? so they can't locate. Yeah, air rifle, 177, lead cow, subsonic, you bet. Oh, sorry. Didn't say that out <laughs> loud. So I'm not sure if you could take it down. You'd have to hit it pretty good. You'd have yeah. To hit it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you could take it down. I tell you what, you bring uh, your pellet gun, and we'll see if you can take one down. Ooh, one shot, one. I like gun. it. I don't think you could do it. Oh, I guarantee you, I could. I don't think so, man. You haven't seen. You haven't, Dan. Have you not been following the Facebook pictures of what we have going on in my backyard at my <laughs> house with my kid? <laughs> yeah, I see. I see the pictures of you guys this shooting a at a target twenty yards basic, away. This is basically like a, <laughs> like a scaled down sniper range we have going on. Back here. <laughs> It's like a, it's like it's a paramilitary training going on. It it absolutely is, <laughs> and, and uh, he is becoming an, an incredible shot. But uh, I've got a pretty, I've got a pretty nasty uh, air rifle that shoots some pretty impressive grouping, 
even at 50 yards open site. Okay, I, I, I smell a bet coming on here. Don't you, Justin? I do, Dan. I think I, we got to make got, this bet now. I have several. <laughs> I have I have several small machines that I would gladly sacrifice to the cause. How many yeah. shots do we give oh. him? One shot. Oh, one just shot. one. Yeah. One shot. A true sniper Are you saying that all you need shot. is one? Yep. Okay. What's the distance? Moving target. I will I will happily say 50 yards because there's no way in hell you're hitting it at 50 yards. <laughs> And moving? Yeah, it's flying in the air. <laughs> no, but if it's going to be taking pictures, okay. Well, we going to be in GPS lock. No, doesn't have to be in GPS lock. You taking pictures? Dan's taking action shots. We need okay. more details about the New Jersey incident. Was it moving at the time of being shot down? Yeah, we need to Even simulate so, that. We dude. need to try. To, we need to. We need to find. Bob might know. Fifty yards moving with a one seven seven count air gun would be. Very difficult. I agree. But if you put it in You GPS just said that lock, you were a true sniper, dude. Uh, okay. It's, it's a <laughs> he's, limitation I, he's on the ammunition. I think no, he is a definitely little. Backtracking. backtracking here. If you go GPS lock, we got a deal. Okay. You have to give me another 25 yards then. It doesn't even shoot that far. So, well, it'll Period. go. Wait a minute. You're going to take something down at 50 yards, but it won't go 75 yards? It'll go, but not accurate enough to shoot. Hmm. Huh. We're, gonna have hmm. to. We're talking about a pellet gun, dude. Yeah. I used to shoot gophers all the time with pellet guns. I will go 50 yards, open sights, no scope, GPS lock. 50 yards, open sight, no scope. One shot. One shot. One shot. True open sights or peep sights? The optic ones. The little aperture? No, there's no ring. No crosshairs, no ring. No. It's just like regular rifle sights. Uh, so it's like the, the- But they do have fiber optic indicators on either side of them. Like, you know, two dots in the back, right, one dot right, in the front side. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I'll take that bet. 50 yards? GPS lock? Yep. Okay, what's at stake here? A uh, multi-rotor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's at stake for Dan. Understood, but- <laughs> if Nick does, if if Dan wins, we will uh, we'll have to consider what's at stake. Uh, let's let's think about the the because I I really do want to be. We can do this in a in a spot absolutely multi rotor where it's perfectly safe. Absolutely, didn't no Brett do concern. something similar paintballs. for a charity with paintballs and airplanes? Yeah, and they, it turned out great. Oh, it was it was planks. Yes, it was yeah. fine. That's a great. Uh, idea. I've done that okay. before. That's a hell of a lot of fun. So, okay, we know the premise of the bet. We don't know what's at stake. We'll have to think about that. Maybe our listeners can help us out with that. Something yeah. silly, nothing big, because I don't think you can hit it. I, I'm that confident that you're not going to be able to hit it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Moving on, then. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. What's his ass? We'll definitely write another letter to the AMA. Over this. Oh, Jesus. It's all over for us. Yeah. Done deal. We, pro- we probably won't even have a show next week. Yeah. Signing off. <laughs> S- signing <Yeah>. off. <laughs> we will, uh, if we do, uh, let me, pr- if we do decide to do something like this, it'll be far away from anybody, right? Yep. It will be in a private field. That's correct. With nothing around for miles. That is and correct. we are not going to Montana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We'll go do it over the ocean. <laughs> the ocean. 
Uh, so there will be a, it'll be a controlled experiment, but I don't think there's anything to worry about because I truly don't. 50 yards away, a 450 quad. I don't know, man. That's, that's, that's a, it's good. It's challenging. That's not going to be easy. That's a teeny, teeny target. You know, when bigger than a pop can. No, cause it's no, what I'm going for. No way. Cause he has to, he has to bring it down. Yeah, one shot kill, dude. Yep, one shot. You sure you're up for this? Oh, bitch, please. What would you aim for? Just curious. What would I aim for? One one of the ESCs, uh, the controller. The controller's hidden real well. Um, Depending on on height and altitude would would greatly depend. Because you could take a quad out if you could take out one of the ESCs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or even a motor. You could lock up a motor. Or a prop. With that, or a prop, yeah, or a prop, a prop. I would prop. I mean, if it's up high, and I was shooting up at an angle like that, I would probably go for, you know, three quarters of the way up the motor can. That would leave you with a pretty big margin of or the battery. Battery's on top, though. Speaking of dangerous, yeah, but. And it's on fire. I feel like we should quit talking about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, edit this out, Dan. We've gone too far. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we'll see. Can we put some tannerite on it to make it a little more? I feel like it's more dangerous to shoot it with a pellet gun than to just bust out with a 12 gauge. Because you know there ain't shit left when you hit it with one of those, dude. <laughs> well, you're not you're you're not going to do anything to it at 50 yards. Not at 50 yards. yards. Oh, not 50 at 50 yards. yards. Yeah, that's true. Okay. All right. This is, uh, I don't know, maybe we should wrap this one up. What do you guys think? We got ourselves yeah, into enough probably. trouble. Yeah, probably. If we've we, dug yeah. ourselves in a pretty good hole now. <laughs> if, we, if we talk anymore, we uh, might get into even more trouble. Uh, plenty of plenty of fodder for Asshat to write another letter in this one. Uh, alrighty, guys. Well, maybe we should do some emails, huh? What do you think? Better, Nick. Maybe Let's do it. I'm not sure. You're not sure you want anyone. To yeah, we might. No, I'm not <laughs> sure. Not sure anymore. How about you, Nick? What are we gonna do if we want to write you a complaint letter? Uh, yes, please. It's Nick at rchelynation.com. Justin. Justin at rchelynation.com. I'm sensing a theme here. Jesse? Oh, man. Jesse at rchelynation. Oh, my gosh. That was almost predictable. Dot com. And the dot com is the little period, C-O-M. Is that what that? Okay. I yeah. How do you spell Jesse? <laughs> J-E-S-S-I-E. Oh, there's no Y? Oh, there's no Y. Okay. No Y. That's why you haven't been getting my emails. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Dan. You can reach me at dan at rcalination.com. Facebook as well, if you're so inclined. These guys too. Or Dank Reed on the forums. Dank Reed on the forums. Dan K. Reed. Dank. No. Dank. Let's see. Uh, Facebook is, um, we're almost at 3,800, I believe, aren't we? Somewhere in there? Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Consistently going up. Thanks for your support Almost. We almost have our store organized. Yes, that's oh, yeah. the next big project. Thank you, Ken, for all that work putting in there. It's fantastic. It's nice to know that the cards are going out. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's nice. Uh, so check out Facebook, and thanks for your support there. Big, big help. Our forum as well, in our homepage. 
rchellynation.com. You can uh, chat with other heli enthusiasts there if you're so inclined. And I think that about wraps it up, guys. This has been episode 156. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next Monday. Maybe. Maybe. Bang, bang, pow, bang, pow, 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 Signing bang, off. Pow. Later. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by KDE Direct, SoCo Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, Rev Electrics USA, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. <laughs>